Welcome back to the Spice of Life podcast. Today, the podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You guys can head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash spice, and uh, audible.com is going to give you guys one free credit for a book. And Spice Life podcast is going to give you 30 days free trial at audible.com. So head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash spice and enter the code. Or you can head on over to our website, tsolpodcast.com, and uh, pick up all your links for the websites. We are also brought to you by Dragon Mist. Dragon Mist is an all-natural topical spray that gives you immediate relief from razor burn cuts, bug bites. Well, have you used it, Luke? I haven't personally, but I have used it on uh, my daughter. She got some scratches from wrestling the other day with our son, and uh, it did work. Um, you know, we sprayed it on. Next day, it was all cleared up, and uh, she, you know, it, it worked good. It smells good. Yeah. I've used it. I use it on razor burn. I use it on acne. It also gives you relief from outbreaks and itchiness from eczema and psoriasis, reduces scarring from injuries, and is saline-free. So if you guys go to www.wickeddragonmist.com and use the promo code MISSSPICE, you'll receive a 30% discount. Or you can visit them in their three retail locations, Bauer Mall, uh, the West Edmonton Mall, and the Kingsway Mall in Edmonton, Alberta. Use the promo code MISSSPICE and save 30% in store. We are also brought to you by Balanced Nutrition, meal prep made easy. Tell us about that. Lenita Wilton in uh, Red Deer with Balanced Nutrition. She does uh, meal prep. She also does family food prep and whatever else your needs kind of meet. But we use her for our fight prep and our food. She provides us uh, meals based off of uh, what our what our calorie intake is supposed to be, outlined by our nutrition nutrition coach, and uh, she cooks for that. So you guys can head on over to her Facebook page, uh, Balanced Nutrition. And uh, you can get her contact info from there and place your order on there and uh, use the promo code SPICE10 and receive 10% off 10 meals or more. So uh, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty cost effective actually. I mean, it's eight or nine bucks a meal. Uh, it's clean, you know, fish, salmon, uh, chicken, bison, whatever you guys want, steak. You can pick your vegetables, pick your protein, pick your carbs, and she makes it for you. So it's pretty good. We're also brought to you by Wicked Alternative Body Fashion. Wicked Alternative Body Fashion is Canada's largest selection of body jewelry. Now, Luke, you don't have anything pierced or anything like that. No, I do not. But you do like to wear a necklace every once in a while. Yes, I do. So these guys, they got necklaces and stainless steel and sterling silver. They also stock earrings, rings, chains, necklaces. Pretty much whatever you guys got pierced, they got jewelry for it. Cool. So if you guys go to www.wickedbodyjewelry.ca... And use the promo code Wicked Spice. You'll receive a thirty percent discount, or you can visit them in their three retail locations: Bauer Mall in Red Deer, Alberta; the Kingsway Mall in Edmonton, Alberta; and the West Edmonton Mall. Use the promo code Wicked Spice and save thirty percent on your purchase. And we'll get to the podcast now. Episode 5, 10 Minutes with the Boogeyman. 
How's it going, bro? Boogie man. We got a new hat. I see that. One says Simon Keen. Is it? He wants to learn how to train. So he asked if he could come out and work out with me. I said, yeah, I guess. So I have to help this guy get ready to fight me. So it's the only way it's fair if I train him. Mm. Sounds fair. I'm I'm upset with Simon Keen, actually. Yeah, what does he want? What did he upset you for? We called him out on the Instagram to come on the show to talk, and he hasn't answered us. Yeah, he's... Yeah. Must be too important. I did their radio talk show. I like them French people. They're hilarious. I like them. They called me, like, right away. They sent me a message. They're like, yeah, right away. I even sent him a message back today spoken in fluent French. Do you speak French? Well, no, I read it off Google Translate, but I had to practice it for like 45 minutes. Mm. We like Google Translate. I have that too. You didn't see that on the Instagrams? I did, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I always see this stuff. Hey, look, we can do... Oh, I took a picture. That sucks. <laughs> I'm going to put the headphones in. Sometimes my speakers don't work. I'm going to do an Instagram story of me doing an interview. <laughs> 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 So, I like so I, I was reading on the Instagram today that you have been accused of juicing, and we've already gone over this juicing. Yeah. We do the juicing. Yeah, we do. I do, I do all kinds. Of, I've been juicing for years. I do the carrot juice. I do cucumber juice, pineapple juice, orange juice. We juice it all. Yeah. But here's the thing. It's funny because, like, anywhere else but, like, Quebec, like, Quebec has like the strictest testing. Like I didn't even know they tested. I got off the plane. They tested me right away. I was like, all right, whatever. I don't matter. Makes sense. It's a world title fight. Exactly. So I was like, okay. I never fought in a world title. I only fought like 12 rounds in my life. So I was like, all right, whatever. Was it just a pee test? What do you mean? No. I was like, it's your people. You're testing. I was like, I don't even know about it. So whatever. It was just a pee test though? Yeah. Just a pee test. Hmm. You can fake those that shit so it's like all right test this that it's fine with me test whatever you want it's all good so i posted a bunch of pictures of me when i was a kid hers jacked 13 years old and then like six years old and i have pecs traps and arms so it's like it's just the way it is but <laughs> you were lifting weights in the womb correct <laughs> so last night luke and i we went to the premiere of jelena the film yeah, I was there too. Yeah, we brought you along. What did you think of the movie? I thought it was amazing. I think it's amazing that I know Jelena. She's a freaking movie star. And I heard Milan. Oh, I like Milan is the funniest part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's a old school. Yeah, he had some great lines in that movie, and they were all sarcastic and mean. Yeah, I love it. That's, how he, that's just him being him. He probably just forgot the cameras were there. And then, uh, then we tried to give Big Brad Switzer, I think that's his last name, a, a hug, and he turned us down. Seven feet tall. He can't hug anyone comfortably. No, he might hurt his back. Sometimes I start drifting off and forget what's, what I'm doing for a sec. Oh, yeah, we're going to do the Instagram story of me doing an interview. Yeah. So the, I hope there's no wildlife outside today that can distract you. You have a short attention span. Yeah, short attention span. Here's me doing an interview with the Spice of Life podcast. The Boogeyman. <laughs> Boogeyman, Simon Keen. 
So the, these people on the Instagrams, do you know who they are that are commenting in French and won't let me read it? Yeah, that's. I wish there was a translation thing on the Instagrams. There's not though, so I have to like copy and paste it. You know what? I have someone who actually. I have many spies, you know. So it's like I send them the comments and they get translated for me. And it's like these are like like highly visible, high profile translators. There's some of them are Olympic athletes. Some of them are politicians. Some of them are like real estate moguls, and they're all my insiders and they help me translate this. Are good people to have on your side. Yeah, I'm a highly powerful. I connected to highly powerful people. So now, in in the in the situation of fights, have we zeroed in on Simon Keane? Yeah, me and Simon are going to fight, but you know, I do the calling out. I'm the boss. I say when you fight me, and it's like here's the thing: for them to to put that on a June card is foolish for a lot of reasons one we're not fighting for a world title i'm a world champ so we should be fighting for the belt two one of us sh should be fighting for a canadian title i honestly i have a list of guys i think that are like the top guys i think dylan carmen needs to like fight one of us for that belt and like have a real contender you know i think simon is one of the top guys in the country he's number two and I just think, like, that's a real rating. Like, I think he he, sh he could be easily fighting for a championship. I think him and I should do a big fight and and do it right, you know? Like, here here's the thing. Like, Deontay Wilder just fought Gerald Washington for the WBC title, right? Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is, like, you look at those guys and, like, very amazing athletes, very great records, and you we could do the same thing up here, you know? Like, me and Simon are the two of the top guys in the country, like, why do it on such short notice? Like, let's do it right. Let's do it when I'm ready. I just fought a championship fight. He fought a guy for 30 seconds. You know, he can do a full training camp. You know, he he's fresh. You know, like, I'm still recovering from an eye injury, and it's like, you know, I can't even spar for another two weeks. I haven't even been able to spar. So, you know, to get ready for a proper challenge, you know, I need some time. Mm. And, you know, I want to get a fight. I want to get some more experience. And, you know, I'm under contract with KO, and that's why I, I made that huge bet, which I'm to, and I was dead serious about that bet. And, like, here's the thing. Like, I'm under contract with KO. I already broke my contract. You know, there was a lot behind it. I, I didn't really know I was breaking it at the time. Uh, to go fight for the world title, you know? And so it's like, I, I can't burn those bridges. The KO Boxing in Edmonton and the people of Edmonton gave me another chance. They gave me seven, well, they've given me all my fights pretty much. They gave me seven fights. Let me build up my record so I even got that fight. So for me to go and burn that bridge and not fight in June, a fight which I've already agreed to, uh, is, you know, I don't think that's right, you know, just because somebody calls me out. Like, here's the thing, man. Like, I will fight the guy. I would fight him right now. If he's here right now and said, let's fight, like, we're going to fight. But it's like, you know, this is boxing, so we got to do this right, you know? There needs to be some, a proper build-up to a fight like that. Simon's a big dude, too. Yeah, he's my size. He's jacked, big, you know, he's a muscular kid. He's, uh, you know, he was a tryout for the Olympics. He's been boxing a long time. He's got way more experience than I do. Mm -hmm. And he's a guy that I take very seriously, and I have a huge amount of respect. Everyone's like, oh, why are you calling him out? Well, technically, I didn't call him out. He made a, a comment that I couldn't even touch his gloves after the Martell fight and basically called me out and said he wanted a piece of me. So I just said... All right, you want to mention my name? I was like, you know, I'm gonna mention your name, and then we're gonna figure this out because I don't, I don't care about fighting people. That stuff is fun to me, like a boxing. When people are like, oh, you're scared? I'm like, scared of what? In a boxing match? Like, no thing. Like, 
I've been through a crazier stuff in my life than that. Like to me, boxing is fun. Yeah, is Simon not one of Eric Martel's training partners? Yeah, they're yeah they're they're like really good friends. I actually like Eric Martel. He's I talked to him quite a bit. He's a very nice guy. He's a solid dude, and he, he's a gamer. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's a tough guy. He fought um, he fought Lucas Brown, who's probably always one of the scariest people in the world. He is the scariest person in the world. And that right hand, like you gotta fight him with a bat, and you'd still lose. <laughs> he's so big. Yeah, he's about six seven. He just has like a laser right hand, like him. And Deontay Wilder's right hand, they just have lead in them. And, like, they don't just knock guys out. Like, they just send you away. Like, you're done, retired. Like, you can't fight no more. Yeah, they knock you dead. Correct. So, do we have an opponent for June, then? Probably not. Mel keeps her cards. I'm sure Mel has somebody. And she doesn't tell me. Because <laughs> she just, she's like that. Because, yeah, there's going to be three heavyweights fighting on a car. Me, Brad, and uh, Stan. And so she'll probably interchange and mix and do this and, like, you know, figure it all out, right? So it's – I'm sure Mel has somebody in mind. I'm sure she's talking to people. That's all she does. I harass Mel all the time, Sister Mel. And uh, I'm sure she has somebody lined up as just, you know, getting it all sorted. I'm hoping it's Tim Camelli. I would love to fight Tim. Oh, my God. Love to fight Tim. So you guys got all the heavyweights that are signed with KO fighting on one card, I believe, and yourself, Brad, and Stan. It'd be great, man. That's like, you know, it takes all three of us to, you know, kind of compete with Jelena. Jelena is such a big draw. Um, you know, really, that we're, you know, and Cam is so talented, it's, but it's, you know, what people are familiar with. Like, Jelena fought out there for so many years and did such a good job and is so well known throughout the city. You know, like, uh, most of us are just kind of getting started out there. So we got to put on good shows, big drama show, you know, like exciting fights. And so, like, you know, when you got three big heavyweights on a card, you know, let's do it, right? Well, you know, at least two out of the three people are getting knocked out. That oh, yeah. two out of three fights knockouts are happening. Oh yeah, that's for sure. No, I I I throw as hard as I can. Like I don't care about anything else. Like I literally throw as hard as I can. Like I just like I'm not a good boxer, but I'm gonna fight for sure. You can count on that. <laughs> we we seen that in the last fight. It, it got street real quick. Yeah, we have to get street, yeah. Yeah. So we have uh, one of your training partners, Dustin Joyson, is going to be coming out to Red Deer June 3rd. Oh, you guys can keep him. <laughs> He's going to be fighting for a heavyweight title. Dustin is good. I'm actually very uh, – Dustin's one of my main guys. We'll do some boxing. He's not allowed to kick me. He's got some, like – Steven Seagal type training where I'm pretty sure he went away to ninja camp as a child and learned some uh, very, uh, very different martial arts. He probably did karate tournaments in the forest. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he's he's very talented fighter. <laughs> underwater training. Yeah, definitely a lot of underwater training. Definitely like high up in the Himalayas with some monks, I think. Yeah, he, he might did... he might even been on that TV show. Yeah, yeah, he's... <laughs> Pretty much a karate kid slash kung fu. Uh, I've I've seen him knock people dead in that gym with a, well, I think it was a spinning back kick or something like that to the face. Woo. He'll do that. Yeah, he likes his kicks. A lot of fan kicks. He's uh, he's a very talented kicker. Yes. Did we get any uh, any response from that gentleman you called out last week? When? Yeah. Uh, this is an older no. older gentleman. Who did I call? It? Oh, um, no, I haven't heard from Raymond, no. 
No. I didn't really the whole Simon thing kind of came up. I was dealing with that because I was like, you know, like, you can't call me out. So, like, I placed the bet, you know, because that's the only way it would be worth it, worth my time. Like, because here's my thing. Like, I'm a gunslinger. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to, like, kill anyone. I'm just trying to, like, maim you. And so it's like, let's put it all on the line. Like, if you're serious, your management's serious, you think, is that Boogie Child back there? That is Boogie Child back there. Oh. <laughs> oh she, she ran away now. <laughs> yeah, like, here's the thing, man. Like, you're so confident. You want to call me out. Like, put it all on the line. You want me to burn bridges? Like, cause here's the thing, man. If KO drops me. And then I go out to Quebec and like things don't go my way, you know, like what, then what, you know, like, what are you guys going to do for me? I'll bring me back to fight mother, you know, monster. Like you guys only bring me out there to fight 12 round monsters. Right. And so it's like, which is fine. Like I enjoy doing it, but you know, like I, I want to, I want to be able to actively fight. I don't want to fight every six months. You know, I want to be able to fight all the time. And KO provides me with that opportunity. And like I said, they were good to me. So I said, you know what, man? Yeah, you guys got such a big mouth. I go, why don't you guys bet the house, bet your car? And like, they're like, oh, we, uh, Simon's like, I don't own a house. I was like, no, man, like, you don't get it. I want to live in your house. <laughs> and you pay the rent. You pay the rent, man. Like, I want your life, right? Like, obviously, things are good enough for you. You know, like, things are going well for you. Things are hard for me. And, you know, I just want to you don't know that they're serious. Like, you want to call me out? You think it's, like, some big joke, man? Like, I, I play for keeps, man. I don't care. So you're still working full-time job in construction? Yeah, every day, yeah. Oof. And then you come home, make your shake, get to the gym, get crazy. Yeah, we like it. Like, I have, like, a new routine. Um, I was like, I need to do more training. Because, you know, now we're in deep water, right? Like, guys like Keen, Carmen, like, these guys are no joke, man. They're big, heavy hitters. And I want to be ready. Like, I don't, I don't like, win a fight like that. I'm like, okay, I'm good. I have that skill level. Like, no, man. Like, I do not have that skill level. Basically, I just win on, like, heart and determination. And, like, I punch really hard. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I want to, like, develop these skills. And the only way you do that is by spending hours in the gym. It. Like working on something. You know who I talked to yesterday? I talked to Russ Amber yesterday, man. That is a great guy. Yeah. Cool guy. He just finished the Lomachenko's camp. And Russ is crazy because I'm like, this is like one of the biggest guys in boxing right now. Working with like Deontay. Like every camp he's in, like, is like a champion fighter, right? His gear's everywhere. I just ordered a whole bunch of his stuff too. I'm pretty excited. He's hooking me up. And, uh, you know, it's, he, he gave me some cool advice, man. And he just like, he was like, man, like old school boxers had it right. You know, like, you got to put in the work. That's it, man. It's just time. It's time and, like, perfecting stuff. You look at a guy like Lomachenko. It's not because he's doing flashy stuff on the pads or he has the bad pack. He's in there working every day. Every day he's working. He's on it. He's on the video. Like, man, like, these guys are in there training, like, sometimes four times a day. How did the Ryan Ford workouts go for you? No, it was too hard. <laughs> that's too hard I can, I can do it I don't have time man because I I go to the gym for like two or three hours and I go eat baby food and then I'm, I'm trying to do these rowing but I did pick up some of it like I do do some of it he sent me a couple rowing workouts I just can't do it every day right like there's probably about three days a week right now where I can get in and like after training because it is after training it's about 9, 10 at night by the time I get in there I do about a half an hour, 45 minutes of cardio. Now it's nice out. I can start doing sprints again. It's cool. So, 
outside running on the beach. Enjoy that, yeah. yeah. West. So the boogie child told me the other day that she needs some more material. She wants to do some more videos. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, let me let's organize something tomorrow. Let me brainstorm a little bit. And then uh, it's probably going to have to be in a little bit of French. Ooh, tabernak. Galicia. Yeah. <laughs> Wish I learned that language when I was a kid, man. I learned, est-ce que je peux aller s'il vous plaît? And I was just leaving and then never came back. <laughs> it's, a, it's a difficult language because it's kind of ass backwards to the way we talk. So, Yeah, that's all right. I do everything ass backwards anyway. So. You got something on your mind you want to get off your chest today? Rolls. <laughs> Okay, so like I never really been trolled before, and like it's like now I'm getting like massacred, <laughs> and like people are so angry. I was like, why are you so angry? Like you don't know me, you know. And so like I confront all these people because it's hardwired in my DNA to like confront. Like people are like, oh, just ignore it. I was like, why would I ignore it? Like why, why, why would I ignore these trolls? Like I have to because first of all, people are stupid, and they troll me not realizing that all of their information is right there. <laughs> Every picture they do, where they go, what they like to eat. Like I do a full investigate. Like you just offered me up all this information and now I can just sit there and troll you. And they present these like ludicrous arguments. The like, what I hear the most is like, you talk so much, you call them out and you better walk the walk. I was like, all I do is walk the walk. All I do is fight. I did seven fights in the last year and a bit, you know? And it's like, I'm like, you don't fight and you're talking on a keyboard so one of my buddies out there made me like this like uh full patch uh keyboard warrior motorcycles inc vest so you know i just been anybody who talks trash i just send them that they're like no we're not talking trash i'm like well yeah you are like you're an internet keyboard warrior and you know it's part of the game it's part of everything it's part of life that's what people do but it's like i fully i fully like really absorb what they say because you know it helps me process where I'm at in life because by no means would I go on, especially, you know, with your identification is stupid without your identification is cowardly. Cause some people do it without identification. And, uh, you know, I go in no way would I be that invested in a person I don't know where I would take the time to write about them. Yes. Eat them. I'm like, what is going on in your life where you have, where you feel like you have to do that? And so I do a full investigation of all these people. And I'll usually go on, if it's on Instagram, I'll usually follow them <laughs> and then like all their photos. <laughs> like, I'll go through and like like the oldest one. Like, just start like, boom, like, 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 like. And just so like, you know, then I'm, I'm fresh on their mind. It's like, hey, like you talk trash and now I know you. <laughs> how, many, how many trolls did you have three months ago, though? Not that many. People are, like, really supportive of me. It's pretty cool. You know, like, for being a total delinquent, like, you know, nutcase, like, people are, like, pretty invested in, like, seeing me do well. And I like it. You know, it's nice. Like, because every once in a while, it's funny. Like, a guy today, like, he was, like, kind of going back. He's like, Keith is going to kill you and or something like that. And I was like, no, he's not. And, like, we started, like, going back and forth. And then he's like, you know what, man? You're all right. He's like, I just want to say I respect you. And, you know, like, good luck in the fight. We just really want to see this fight happen. I was just egging you on. I was like that's really nice. He's like, come to Quebec. I'll show you around. I was like, that sounds like a setup, but you know, <laughs> it's like nice when people say nice things. I like it. I just, you know, some people just, I don't need to hear this or that. It's just like, Hey man, I hope you have a good day. You know, like you're a good fighter. You're this. 
you seem cool. Like, that's nice to hear. I like that. <laughs> well, with as many fans as you're going to get, you're going to get just as many haters. So you're obviously doing something right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the haters are good. But I like turning the haters. Like, I want to make the haters into, like, supporters. Because, you know what? No one should be a hater because there's no point in hating. Like, I don't even hate my opponents. Like, I don't even care. You know, unless I do hate them. But you'd have to do something pretty stupid for me to hate you. And so it's like, you know, like, get all this hate out of your heart, man. Like, let's just, like, let's hype it up because that's fun. Like, I'll talk trash. And, like, especially if you talk trash back, that's so fun. Because then I can pick apart what you say. Like, I grew up in a football locker room. And it's like, you know, like, let's do it, man. Let's figure it out. Like, let's be competitive. You know, like, say something, man. Like, don't be scared. Who cares? I hope Dylan comes out and starts talking trash. Because Dylan's the fight that I really want. I want that Canadian belt. Like, that's a big fight. You know? So, it's like, I want someone to And then I would love to fight Keaton for that belt and the WBU. We'll put all the belts on the table. And then we'll do big drama show. Big fight. Like, TSN. Like, why are we not talking to you? We have the Spice of Life podcast. Why not TSN? Like, why not CBC? Like, why are we not getting more hype around this? Like, you got guys 6'4", 250 pounds, 6'5", 200 <laughs> athletes. You got big guys willing to go out there and punch each other out, and it's exciting. More exciting than curling, and I like curling. Just makes sense. Everything I do makes sense, unless it doesn't. So I've actually got some Dylan Carmen hate mail from some of his fans. That's probably just him. I'm going to have to send them to you because they're funny. Please do. Please do. I don't know. I've seen him on that Big Brother show. He's got, like, some weird personality traits that I need to, like, fully investigate. He's, I don't know, he's letting himself go. It's very disappointing to see an athlete who's supposed to be at the top level of caliber like that eating Snickers every day and, like, getting fat. Makes me sick. I can't watch it. It's gross. No, I only get the clips, really, that you send me. And then I- <laughs> McWilliams sends me some funny stuff. He's like, look at this. Look at this guy. Brad Switzer, too. He's just like, oh, my God. And I was like, this guy sucks. I've just had all these all these people you just mentioned add me on Facebook, so they must they must listen to the show. Big fans. Big fans. Yeah. So we're ranting on trolls. So if you're a troll out there and you're, and you're trolling Adam Braidwood, please do it in English. We don't want to copy and paste. I do. I like the French. Like it's. I, I like, and then I like to see the weird translation because it never translates properly. I like to show because it's like a very. Now we have a varying degree of trolling going on. You know, we have like widespread multicultural. You know, and I like that. Right. I get supporters from Africa. They always say like cool stuff. Like good luck to you forever. <laughs> Not good luck to you in the fight, or like in life or anything specific. They're like good luck to you forever. <laughs> I know that guy. And he added me on Facebook, and I get him posting on my stuff every day. Good luck to you forever. I wish you all the luck in the world and stuff like that. Yeah, it's good. Funny guy. So <laughs> it's 10 minutes with the boogeyman. The boogeyman wants Simon Keen, yeah. Dylan Carmen. I want to hang out with Campbell Connell, too. Why not? Pretty cool. Well, come to Red Deer. Yeah, Red Deer, guys. Yeah. And that's 10 minutes with the boogeyman. Welcome to the Spice of Life podcast, featuring Tanner Wilshaw and Luke Spicer, two talented fighters discussing life, fighting, work, family, balance, and everything in between. Tune in weekly for your fill of laughs. Now, here's your hosts, Tanner Wilshaw and Luke Spicer. All 
right, guys, welcome back to the Spice of Life podcast. Luke, we've made it to episode 50, so we pulled out the big guns. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. Uh, big man Robin Black coming back on. Hey, Robin, how are you? How did you know I was big? Like, I used to be a bantamweight, and I'm like a fat 165 pounder now. Well, I didn't mean size <laughs> big. I meant your your name supersedes you, you know? Well, that's kind, man. It's It's been weird. It's been a weird month. Like, I don't know. People stop me on the street to, like, say they like my YouTube channel and stuff. I'm going to Russia today. It's crazy. It's weird. Like, life is strange and exciting. Oh, I knew I screwed that up. I told John Wayne Parr you're going to Germany, but with a question mark, because because he's uh, <laughs> he's going to be our other other guest on for episode 50. We're recording Badass. with him uh, after you tomorrow, so uh, it's going to be awesome. So it'll be both of you on episode 50. We figured... Uh, those are those are some you guys quickly responded to the 50th uh, episode post we put up and we thought well hey let's uh let's call those two yeah wicked uh, man john wayne parr is such a stud uh he he must be awesome to chat with eh? i haven't heard your last chat with him you have talked to him before right yeah yeah, yeah. I, he, i'm gonna go listen to that on the plane he was hilarious actually but he's i mean he just knocked out his opponent for uh bellator right he just signed on with bellator and fought there last like on the weekend in italy and knocked his guy out with a I believe it was a left head kick and uh, yep. just KO'd him. Walk, walk off knockout. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's such a stud. Um, yeah, I'm gonna listen to your guys chat with him uh, on the plane because cool. I got a, a eight hour flight to Turkey, Istanbul, and then another three hours from there to Moscow. So I better, <laughs> I'll, I'll put together a few podcasts. Get caught up. So uh, you've been let go from the fight network. Yeah. Why do you have to say it so rude? No, <laughs> <laughs> um, now you're a freelancer. You're just doing your own thing. How's that going for you so far? Honestly, it's been the best month of my life. So when you find out that you your job doesn't exist or some, you know, uh, I've never been through that experience, and it is very much a process. And that's what one of my friends over at Fight Network that, that works there, Neil, he said to me, he's like, you know, it's a process. And uh, it is. It's natural. There's a number of things you're going to feel. I was angry at times. I was really sad, like somebody had died kind of thing. I loved that job. Um, but so many people were like, this is going to be the best thing that ever happened to you. Trust me, this is going to be the best. It is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I don't say that with any malice or anything. Like, I love that job, and I love a lot of people that are still there. Not all of them, <laughs> but a lot of them. Um, and, uh, but it's, you know, my YouTube channel was, has been so fun and so fulfilling. It, uh, at first, it felt like we were in a punk rock band, me and three dudes, cool guys, fun guys, just making whatever we wanted. And already, it's starting to be more professional and smoother and fun. And, you know, like 40,000 people watched me and Dominic Cruz, me take Dominic Cruz to the airport after his fight. You know what I mean? And chat. Yeah. Like, 8,500 people have, have subscribed. But then I'm also got all this cool stuff happening, like in, in Russia and Korea, they had been taking my breakdowns, and in Russia, they'd been dubbing them and getting literally, uh, it's, this is not an exaggeration, millions of hits with them wow. on like you know the Russian version of Facebook. And in Korea, they had been putting Korean characters over top of my breakdowns and a lot of my analysis and stuff, and same thing. So as soon as it was, it was out that I was available, both ACB in Russia and Monster Zim in Korea contacted me and I've already shot my first bunch of episodes for my show in Korea. I went down to Albuquerque and shot that a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to Moscow today to 
discuss the possibility of uh, signing a 12 or 15 fight deal to commentate. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. That's cool. Now, you speak Russian? I do not. This will be in English. I will. They are discussing me being the English commentator and, and analyst. I did a couple little analysis pieces for them, and they loved them. So they are talking about I would shoot some of those. I mean, I'll probably, you know, between those two very cool international gigs, I don't think I have to do anything else. I think I can do my YouTube channel for fun and, and excitement and grow it if people dig it. You're so going over to Russia. And yeah. you, you had a little bit of a thing going on with Khabib. Yeah. Uh, well, not really, truthfully. K Khabib seems to like me, and I think he liked the breakdown. Uh, his manager, Ali, who I think we're friends. I shook his hand the last two times I've seen him. He seemed nice. And uh, he, seemed, he said some nice things about me, and I kind of liked the guy, actually. Uh, but Ali took some mistaken offense somewhere in there to oh, the breakdown. Apparently, somebody else had said that I compared Habib to Ronda, and I did not compare Habib to Ronda. I compared the game plan of fighting somebody who's very good deep inside, like Ronda or Habib, is similar. Um, oh, but somebody, somebody told him mistakenly, and that's why... Ali, not Habib, um, blocked me on Twitter, and <laughs> which, to be honest, I don't. That kind of stuff doesn't seem interesting to me. People seem it in, and this is the conversations I've had uh, with these other companies, which have been so fascinating. In Korea or China, they don't hang on every Twitter beef, and they don't talk about gossip of who likes who and who doesn't like who, and things aren't about weird you know rankings and discussion of what's the next fight they don't look at fighting the same way that north americans do and uh so things like like all those hits basically come from north america when you it, suddenly somebody's like oh dude blocked robin on twitter that excites a north american audience for whatever reason it's just part of our culture how we've become as as people but uh that doesn't the rest of the world doesn't care about that stuff they care about the martial arts yeah. that the asian philosophy of studying art and growing and and seeing it as a as a fine art not a spectacle is very in line with my beliefs and my philosophies about fighting so it's a real natural fit and same with russia man they don't they don't care about you know somebody called somebody out on Twitter. They don't care about the the post fight speech. They care mm -hmm. about combat. Yeah. yeah, they're not about the drama. They're about the action. That's right. Yeah. That is Russia, man. And so I'm pumped to go to these places. And I've had a lot of interest from India too. And the fascinating thing to me is it's I'm suddenly realizing because these places aren't entrenched in you know uh, gossip culture. Uh, uh, around fighting, that the way that 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 North American websites pr uh, promote martial arts is all connected to the original people who started to cover the sports love of pro wrestling, yeah, as well as kind of the mutation of our Western culture and what we do around celebrity and gossip and social media and gotcha kind of stuff. And, and um, we love controversy. In North America, controversy sells. Controversy can get you elected the president to the United States. Controversy can, can make you, you know, the biggest star in the world, uh, or the biggest star in America. And, uh, you know, controversy, oh my God, there was a towel. He used a towel to weigh in. Oh my God, his coach ran out. Oh shit, did you hear this? That's not martial arts. That, no. I, you know what I mean? And and this is a very North American thing. And as I'm looking and, and being a part of, of this in other places, I realize that 
isn't entrenched there. So I have the ability to, on whatever level, influence the way people see and experience the martial arts. And that fucking excites me. Yeah. That, and, and 30 days ago, I didn't know all of the things that I know now about how the martial arts are being spread in Asia and Russia. And it excites me so much. This makes me happy to hear you talk like this because with everything happening with, with, with the Fight Network and not knowing where you're at and this talking to you today is, is, is like talking to you two months ago or whenever we first talked, right? When, when we first had you on and, and yep. your philosophies and the way your outlook towards life was, it was like, okay, perfect. You're able to, you know, um, uh, just take your life and, and, and turn it and make it and mold it yours. And that, that fits into, you know, exactly how you you know, you portrayed yourself before to, to us. So I like yeah. that. Thanks, man. It feels good to be having this conversation. You know, 10, uh, 20 days ago, I was, it was 10 days later. Uh, uh, at five days, I was angry. And then, you know, I, you feel lost because, you know, at, you put eight years of your life into something, but you realize you are contributing to a machine, not in a negative way, a, a company, a business is its own living thing, you, and you are a part of it. It isn't you, and you're not it. You just contribute. It gets something from you, and you get something from it, and you share things with people. And so you, you fear that when it's gone. But now uh, I'm just so incredibly excited and optimistic. Like I had no idea that that Korea and and um, China and Russia were so vast and they're it's like they're they're vast with martial arts fans who are, are not have not been influenced by the things that we've been influenced and so people will say to me every now and again I get like I get a fair amount of pushback mm -hmm. which is good it means I, I feel it means you're doing something good people prefer imitation they're uncomfortable with innovation. And if you try to innovate, good or bad, you'll, you'll fail often. But if that's your goal, you will make a lot of people uncomfortable. And every now and again on Twitter or something, someone will say to me, why don't you just like talk about fighting the normal way? Yeah. And my, my thought to that is that because they're more comfortable with that. It, they want it said the same way they've always – and that's not wrong and it's not bad of them. It's just a preference. But – but there is no such thing as normal way. The default, what we're doing now, the way we present the, this beautiful art form is wrong. It's improper. We've defaulted to it. It's not the normal way. It's just the way that we settle for. And I'm not fucking settling for it. I'm not. We're going, to talk, we're going to examine and analyze this incredible martial art the way that people know cigars or know wine or the way foodies discuss food. That's what the fuck we're going to do. And that's what they want in Russia and that's what they want in Korea and that's what they want in China. And I've force-fed it to North America to some success. There's a lot of people that seem to like it. Um, but suddenly when you discover that you're in these new territories that don't have these preconceived ideas about the way this beautiful art form is supposed to be presented because they haven't been over-programmed that way, the freedom is just unbelievable. Mm. Well, let me ask you a question. I know you work some in some form or fashion for the UFC, correct? Yes. Um, for me, I'm a retired MMA fighter now. I'm just I'm over at boxing. That's all I'm doing now. I love boxing. And... Uh, the UFC is in a real weird spot for me right now. Yeah. I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy watching it. Yeah. Um, well, 
I do. I still do. And <laughs> and I was st- and I was at uh, UFC 210, and I loved being there. I was being around it, the 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 circus and the carnival and the energy, and I loved it. But I understand what you're saying. Now, my job, uh, I am a freelance contributor. Mm-hmm. That means that they hire me for a thing, they pay me for that thing. I have no contract with them. I have no. Uh, I am not employed by them. I freelance because I love the UFC. Okay. But I know what you're saying. It's something's different. It feels a little different. A lot of the things that I'm talking about that I'm seeing elsewhere, uh, there's struggle to get to that point with North American fighting. The UFC being the biggest North American and, and international fighting league. They're having challenges. But I believe in Dana and Craig and Nancy at .com and all these people over there, I believe in them. I, I see them. I know them personally, and I see their drive, and I see their drive to pivot as – because we're in a, a time of change, right? Real technological and societal change. And big companies uh, have a harder time pivoting when you see wholesale change than new companies do because new companies start out that way. Yeah, which is why going and contributing uh, commentary for some of these shows is so exciting to me. Um, but uh, bigger companies have a harder challenge. But that Dana's fucking never been afraid of challenge. Uh, they just you need to recognize the the technological and societal shifts. They're real. They happen constantly. The world we live in is different than it was in the '90s, and different than it was in the '80s, and different than it was in the '60s. We all know that. 2017 is different than 2012. It is. The way we consume things, the way we share things, the way we talk about things, how, how we use our time, the, the people themselves, it's all different. And when something is different, you have, to, you have to represent what they represent. And so if the UFC is having a struggle with this for, for you, I, don't, I get it. Mm-hmm. I, I see that. I see it for sure. Um, for me, I feel like I can contribute. I know I can be a part of that, that pivot. I know I can be a part of that next shift. Um, and I want to, so, you know, I don't look at it and go, oh, fuck, this is bugging me. It used to be so much better because I understand you could look at it that way. Yeah. I look at it and go, okay, we're, we're in part of a shift, the way that it's presented, the way that it's consumed, the way all of it is going to have to shift because the audience changes and I want to be part of that shift. Yeah. That's how I look at it. Like, I watched, uh, the TKO event. I yeah. enjoyed that. That was really good. I watched the Bellator events. They were fantastic. Yeah. But yeah. I watched the, the Anthony Rumble Johnson Cormier fight because I love Rumble. Yeah. But something happened to him. I, he's done. Yeah, he is done. And um, he knows it. And uh, the people around him know it. And not everybody's going to get he, – he was capable of reaching the 99.9th percentile in, uh, of the top of his game. And just not quite the hundredth, and and so I hope that when he looks back at it, he looks back and sees all of the accomplishment, not the not the failure at the end, yeah. you know, because because look what that man did, like look at what he's done, and uh, I hope that I really truly hope that because we, we we spot the failure at the end, but he had you know five thousand times he could have quit on the way to the end, he just couldn't quite make it past that last last obstacle and so we're so used to seeing you know people not get there but when they get almost there when it's not as common to see them get to the very last step and have the struggle there and that's what he did so it's a fascinating thing i don't judge him i mean shit most people quit when the idea in their head says maybe i should go to the gym you know he 
thousands of steps later, he would, didn't quit. It was just at the end. He just couldn't quite get himself past that last step. Yeah. Well, last night, Luke and I, we went to a movie premiere in Edmonton. Yeah. For, uh, you know who Jelena Mergenovich is? No. Oh, my God. Robin really? Black. You need to go on YouTube. YouTube Jelena Mergenovich. She is hands down the baddest woman on the planet. No, how do I not know about this? Where, how do you even spell that? Uh, I'll send it to you. Okay. Uh, what? And she's a... She's a uh, boxer. She's the WBA and the WBC eight-time world yeah. champion. Okay. I, I know the name now that you contextualize it. I'll tell you why I don't I know. I just texted it to you. Oh, cool. Thanks. I just heard the ping. I'll tell you why I don't know is there is a limited amount of a bandwidth that we all have. And so I, my friends even, never mind you know, people that I know in, in the, my business, but some of my friends make fun of me uh, because I don't know about a lot of things um, because I would take all of that bandwidth. I have a, if I have a little more, I will apply it more deeply to the things that I'm looking at. Like, I don't know, you could have been talking to me about a figure skater or an actor. I don't know who won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, I really don't. I don't. I feel that, that, I feel that we're friends now. And I yep. wouldn't be a good friend to you if I didn't tell you who she was. <laughs> okay. I appreciate that. Um, now, she's closer to what I do because she is a famous, giant, enormous boxer. Um, but even that, like I've had to not consume boxing because mm. if I spend five hours a week on boxing, that's five hours I can't spend deeper diving into Jorge Masvidal. Now, I'm learning about, you know, dozens and dozens of Russian fighters that I didn't know about yeah. that if I have an extra hour it must be applied there uh, so it's not only now do I not know who won the Super Bowl I don't know who the baddest <laughs> woman in boxing is you know? I don't think she's just the baddest woman in boxing I think she's the baddest woman on the planet awesome okay I can't wait so this I will make time for <laughs> she knocks people dead yeah wow what wait uh 140. Wow. Okay. Cool. Featherweight. Now she was a lightweight before. Yeah. Like three three different weight classes. She held the world amazing. Title. Uh, so uh, and with, there was a a, uh, a movie about her. Yeah, they did a documentary for her last um, title defense in uh, France. That was five four months ago, I think. And so yeah. they were doing a documentary, you know, of her life, but leading up to that fight. And then she won the title and and um, or retained it, I guess. And then she's actually. She's actually defending the title there in France again against the same girl, um, May 12th. Hey, did she fight Sandy Seguras? Can you look? Yes. You see that? She did? I'm going to I'm gonna double check right now, but I'm pretty sure that happened. She fought uh, Lindsay Garbutt three times. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, I just want to know if she fought Sandy Seguras um, because that's how I think I might know her. Um Sandy got robbed in a fight that she won over in Europe for a big belt at uh, at lightweight. I used to train with Sandy. She beat me up a couple times a week. <laughs> <laughs> she really did. So Jelena, uh, but, Jelena's had like 47 fights. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Sandy. I don't see a Sandy on mm, here. Maybe she did. No, maybe not. Uh, but Sandy was fighting the, the top women in the world at 135, kind of in the 2012-13 kind of range. Um, yeah, it's it's a challenge at first when you go to spar uh, a woman that is very better, way better than you. Um, but it very quickly, 
you realize that, so people are a little concerned sometimes. They're sitting there going, oh man, everybody's going to judge me. This girl's going to beat me up. But actually, most of them don't because most of them won't spar with her, right? If, if there's a woman that's that badass, most people won't spar with her for that reason. So they actually look and go, oh, good on them. You know, like they actually look and admire that you'll go take your shit kicking from a woman uh, and have no problem with it, you know? Yeah, uh, but I don't think Jelena spars with women anymore. I think it's just purely men she goes with. Yeah, and she probably beats the crap out of them. Um, <laughs> and if anybody has ever been hesitant when they're training with a woman to like hold back, all you got to do is really take some beatings from some, and then you don't hold back anymore. She, and it was di disrespectful to hold back in the first place to them. She talked about a guy that they brought in that that was was training with her for one for this last camp or whatever like that, and he just wasn't going hard, and and uh, it was pissing her off. So she she low blowed him a whole bunch of times until <laughs> until it pissed him off, and he and he got mad at her, yeah. and then and then she started. You know, then he started sparring with her, and she just laughed. She's like, "There, finally, I got you. Yeah. I got you agitated enough to actually come and do what you're supposed to do." <laughs> Originally, yeah, yeah. Well, once you eat a couple of like really clean, straight right hands from like you know a 150 pound woman trained world class woman uh, boxer, when you weigh about the same, you throw back. You know, like or you or you shell up. Which is going to be worse because boxers, a higher level of boxer, will find your liver or they'll find those soft spots if you're all shelled up. So, but uh, so you're mostly training boxing these days. I am. Yeah, I got a fight June 24th against uh, Markel Wetterburn. Oh yeah, right. I, I thought that was a, you were going to kickbox him. No, this is that was Tanner talking. Tanner, oh yeah. I I fought him in December. I beat That's him. That's right. Tanner's and, fighting him in boxing yeah. now. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's fun. It's great that uh, you got. Uh, you know, Markel will fight anybody, and he'll take any fight, and he'll show up, and he'll give you a tough go. So it's good that you both got a chance to get in there and uh, fight Showtime. Um, I guess <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not overly worried about the fight. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good, and it's fun to train boxing, man. Like, what a great yeah. art form it is. Um, I just hit mitts with Justin Bruckman in at uh, TKO. Yep. Uh, He's so good. He's got a kickboxing uh, match this weekend, actually. He's got to be in his 40s now. Brockman's uh, coming back? Yeah, but it's a smoker. He's done a couple of these smokers, uh, and uh, he loves it. And normally, when uh, Justin Bruckman is in uh, Montreal for TKO, me, him, Ram Dean, and Reno are drinking way too many beers. But because he has a fight coming up, he's not drinking beer. So you can see the logic. You like you just inherently become healthier, make better choices. And even a smoker, if you take it seriously, can give you that. Yeah, Justin was a bad dude back in the day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Real Ooh. bad dude. Yeah. yeah. Still today. Still is. Yeah. Smart, too. So, um, that uh, If you guys saw that fight between Manchild and little Tony Laramie, that was pretty crazy. I was going to ask you about the other Laramie fight. Um, yeah, what was the story there? I, I get it. When you think a guy's out or you recognize that he is out. So Fedor, Dan Henderson, hits Fedor, he's out. Herb yep. stops it, makes a decision, gets right in there and stops it. Doesn't matter if Fedor comes back. It's irrelevant. Herb's job is not to anticipate the future of if he'll be back. Herb's job is the moment that you believe there's a knockout, you stop the fight. If this shitty ref dove in and stopped it and separated them. We would not find it as as insulting and irritating and embarrassing as him half doing it 
and then the guy holding the leg, and then him waiting, and then pulling away, and then stopping it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If he was decisive and did his job properly, it would still probably be an early stoppage, but we wouldn't have been as offended by it because we could see in that moment he saw, he believed he saw him go. And once you are decisive, well, there's no taking it back. You know, it would still be an early stoppage in my opinion, but it wouldn't look as bad. But as it was, it was an early stoppage and it looked terrible. And it was, you know, when uh, those moments where it's, it's tough enough to go fight. You know, it's hard enough to get in there and, and do it. Never mind choices of refs and doctors that it end up adding some level of embarrassment to the athlete. Like Weidman was so mistreated down in that fight with Musasi. Uh, regardless, the ref makes a call that it's two hands down. Yeah. Whether it is or not, the ref has now made that call. The doctor's just supposed to go in, assess him. He's not responding well, fight's over. They're not supposed to take into account who might win or what it means. Or they, they, at one point, Weidman wasn't responding well, so they asked him to stand on one foot. Go fuck yourself. You, you don't need to. Don't. We're not doing a roadside sobriety test here. You know what I mean? Like, like you. The call. The ref has made the call that it was an illegal knee. If he, the doctor's job is to make the call if he can continue. Just make your own. Do what your job is. You, you know, they each have a role. And if each of them do it appropriately, everything will work out the way it's going to work out. It's when they start screwing around like there were a second doctor and, a, you know, you know, like a, a cop doing a test on the side of the road, like all that. It was embarrassing. I felt for Chris. He's such a good dude. And I saw him and his dad and Longo and Sarah all for a drink after. And they were really down. And a lot of it was not the, the loss, but just the crappy way everything went down. His dad didn't get on the mic again, though, did he? No, he did not. Thank God. He did not. Uh, emotion is a weird thing. Like, you know, uh, his dad is a very emotional dude. And obviously, he's just crazy about his son and pr crazy proud. And, you know, he saw his kids just get smashed up. And he had never seen that before. Well, he'd seen him hurt, but he'd never seen him lose before. Same thing with Henry Hooft. You know, like people who know nothing about fighters or coaches or fighting or the relationship between them are all... You know, you, you see the internet and there's thousands of people who with no reference, no actual expertise in this area, making calls about what that means about Henry Hooft as a human being. Yeah. You know, and they're the same people who if you ask them, hey, have you ever in a extremely emotional state done something out of character or something, uh, you know, fought with your girlfriend or done something that you didn't predict because your emotion took over, and they'd be like, yeah, of course. Then why the fuck can't you let this man do it? Yeah. Well, you know for I mean? me, when I think of Chris Weidman, I don't think of any of his losses. He's the guy that took out the greatest of all time. Yeah, twice. He will forever be in the record books for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope that's not, you know, three losses in a row, a weird one at the end. I hope, I hope that's not the end. Uh, a lot of abuse in those fights, um, but if Chris wants, uh, what do you, what I hope, just as a fan and someone who knows him and likes him, I hope he says six months. I'm not gonna fight. I'm going to train martial arts and I'm going to study, you know, the mind and combat, and uh, then see. I'll probably come back. I don't know, and kind of take that approach. It'd be great to see. Yeah. Because you don't need to come back here and erase it right away. Um, and both him and Anthony. I don't know how much amount of mental coaching they've done, but if they haven't done much 
and I don't know if that's true, but if they haven't, they don't realize that all of these things can be trained just like a kimura or a heel hook or a jab. Yeah. You know, all of these psychological and mental foundational skills of fighting, they can all be trained and, uh, and they can all be improved. 100%. Um, you have, I'm going to talk to you about your podcast now. You have a lot of different podcasts that are coming. I think you have three, right? I have, let's look at my, I've got my computer here. Let's look at my playlist. I have Shuttle Wrap Up. That's my new one. Yeah. I have Ask Robin Black, where I take questions and ask and try to apply them, think outside, think non-linearly to find uh, ideas about life and other things from the questions about fighting. Artists of Life, I've done uh, four, only three are up. The other one, I've got about eight or nine things over the next 10 days I'm away, and we've banked about eight or nine other things, and while I'm gone, Mark's going to put them out. Yes. Artists of Life, that's, that's three. Fighting is about fighting. That's about the journey of of my journey of trying to figure out how to influence fighting in a positive way. Then fighting is, that's five. Championship rounds with Ram Dean, that's six. And mentality of combat sports, that's seven. Jesus. And then, and then I do fight previews for ACB now, and I'll probably be doing others. Submission series just sent me a message. Um, and I might do some for 1FC too. It depends what this negotiation with ACB, how much there's, they are very, at least what they've said is they're very interested in, in exclusivity. Yeah. And obviously that's a challenge for me because I love fighting from all over the world. I love all, all fighting. I like to learn about it all and be immersed in it all. And it all has lessons. Um, you know, so you think about what would it take to really consider that? And I don't know what it would be, but you Money? know, yeah, that's one. They got, they, got a, they got deep pocketbooks over at that ACB place. It's weird. You know, money has never been a priority, but my, my wife wants a home one day, yeah. you know. Um, so it ha at least has to be something I consider more than I have in the past. I've always considered the, the work, the art, the learning, being around the thing that I love to analyze. That was the priority, and it needs to still be, I believe, to do good work. But, yeah, you start thinking about it, and you're like, well, what would, what would be the number where you're like, yeah, no problem. You know, is it a quarter of a million dollars? You know, is it $300,000? Like, what is it? I don't know what it is, but I, I have a feeling I'd know it when I heard it. 100% when they drop that million-dollar bombshell on you, you're, you're in. This is my, the truth, and I'm not – I don't want to be arrogant. I want to be self-aware of where I am at the time. But I know that I can powerful, positively and powerfully influence – a the under the view and understanding and the relationship of people to the fight organization that I'm going to commentate. I know that for a fact. I know on on whatever level that I'm able to do that with TKO. Yeah. I know that I've done it with others, and that is. I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I mean that in a. I I believe that my my study and my philosophies and my obsession with fighting and language and communication about it is on a level that can have a positive influence on the company. So. If there is, whether that is the UFC or that is ACB or it's somebody else yet to be determined, as soon as one of them really believes that I'm correct about that, then who knows what we'll do, you know? But there, it's, oh, yep. There was a rumor that you and I were going to uh, commentate Havoc. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, it would be super fun. I have done very few, like, first chair roles. So, uh, but it doesn't mean I wouldn't do it. It doesn't mean I wouldn't love to try it. You know, um, I'm going to do it one day. 
I, so I feel like so, the conversation would veer off the fight every once in a while, but that's cool. It, yeah, Mike, but I, I think that's okay. My here, the, when we, I see this everywhere. I, I I see it like everywhere I look, I see this where we do certain, and this is something that Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, talks about and I, I love Gary Vaynerchuk and uh, he is a guy who analyzes the technological and media changes in the world and much the way I look at fighting he looks at like Instagram you know mm -hmm. what I mean he analyzes how but the thing that we see in common about the worlds that we're in is constant change constant change the world is constantly changing so if you're commentating a fight or doing anything exactly the same way or very similar to the way it was done seven or eight years ago, you're lying. You're, you're, you're improperly interfacing with the world because you go about your life, and this is the Gary part, this is something he says. You go about the, the life, your life, doing the things that you're doing. You're on your phone, you're doing social media, you're listening to podcasts. All of the things that you're doing all the time don't look anything like the shit that your parents watched. And then you go and you put on your work clothes and you head over to, to Sportsnet and you sit at a desk and you use this weird voice that's, that's been used that was cool. Your dad liked watching sports like that. And then you use it and you, you pr present a sport. Every single person consuming that, whether they know it or not, it feels old and it feels inauthentic and it feels ritualistic. Mm -hmm. So when you go and you commentate and you hear them, you hear these people. They go in there, they say exactly the shit that they heard Joe say when they started watching fighting. Joe's changed, but they, they haven't. They're doing it the same way. Yeah. They go through it exactly the same way. They, they present it the same. We still say every single show in the whole world, every boxing event, everything comes up. Here's the tale of the tape. You know, that was once someone's new term. Yeah. That, that was once someone coined that. They didn't intend it to be forever. What, what what's the tape? <laughs> yeah, the me yeah, they're exactly. They're measuring tape. Well, we probably use a scanner or we use some type of we use some digital measurement now, right? The tail of the tape. It, it it isn't supposed to be forever. I just don't get it. Like and so when that goes back to what I was saying, some people are like do it the normal way. There's no such thing as the normal way. There's the way that you default to that the world defaults to because they're not creative. And then the world changes around you. And what I don't want to happen to the UFC that is precious to me is the world change around it. And they still and they sit and they won't trust me. They won't. But things they're sitting there wondering why certain things are happening. The world is constantly changing. And the way pe what people are consuming and enjoying is constantly changing. So you can't, you can't be angry about that. Or you can't be like, what's wrong with these people? You have to pivot to where they're going. And, and, you, ha and that's, you have to see the future to do a good job. You have to, see, you have to be a little early. You have to see the future. And, uh, you know, and that's in everything. That's in absolutely everything. So if you and I, back to the point, if you and I were commentating fights and we meandered off of the fight, every single piece person in that audience has listened to podcasts where people meander all over the place. All, they're, they're accustomed to it. It's normal to them, which is why some producer in the back that's saying, stay with the action, stay with the action, he's only saying that because his boss told him that. And his boss learned that in 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 uh, TV school 25 years ago. You don't have to do shit the same way. It's so frustrating to me. 
like I when I turn on I, I don't even watch television now this the last 30 days to me has been the most eye-opening experience of my life because the people who started reaching out to me so there are there are waves in in business just as there are waves and flow and fighting and and in all things mm-hmm. and the wave of, of business you notice this radio television newspapers obviously less people are consuming them right yeah now they have become expensive and you know CDs and there's millions of examples there's millions of examples they, and they've become more expensive with time and then they they generate less income then they have to shrink and when they're shrinking, certain resources are released. Let's say I'm one of those resources or Ramdeen. Now, the next wave that's coming along is digital. And, and where these guys are cutting, and, and I'm not using my example. I'm not talking about Fight Network. This, I could use Globe Media. I could use TSN. I could use Sportsnet. I could use any of them. They've all been through it. CBC, everything has been through it. So that wave, as it drops down, they, you have to cut. Right, so you see it. There's hundreds and hundreds of resources of people that CBC cut and TSN cut, and so this is normal. Which is why, you know, once Ram Dean was talking about his experience, and he's like, "Well, you know, we've seen that in every other television channel, so why wouldn't I have expected it?" And it's and it's true. It's very wise of Ram Dean. He's a smart guy. Um, but as that happens, the next one's coming on. So this one, this wave has to cut costs. So newspapers are cutting costs, and they're all cutting. The next wave is investing, because. What's going to happen when that? And this is you can you can look at analyze fighting like this. You can analyze anything like this. You just need a, the ability to to spot patterns, which is which I learned by studying fighting, and then see learn the lessons of those patterns and see where they're going. So as this next wave that is now building up for the next thing, what they are investing in is that all of those advertising dollars that were in newspapers and radio and television, all of those advertising dollars will now shift over to where the attention is. Mm-hmm. So you hear a lot of people in newspapers or whatever, they'll talk about their YouTube and they'll be like, oh man, we only make like $50,000 a year. We don't make any money. Or I heard somebody call it mouse droppings, the, the, the money of, of YouTube. What they're not getting is that you're not paid by YouTube. That, that's negligible. You, the, YouTube pays you almost nothing. But what, what you're going to sell later is influence. Your influence, attention, and time. All of these human beings are watching the Joe Rogan experience. Now, when Toyota looks and goes, hey, wait a second, we're not buying newspaper ads or television ads anymore. We're not, we don't, that's a waste of our money. Nobody's watching. They're all watching their phone during our commercial. Let's go over. Now, all those ad dollars still exist, but they're not being spent. Then they start analyzing it, and the place it goes is where the attention is, mm-hmm. and the attention is on YouTube. So YouTube's little pay is not the future. They're all investing in, in building up attention. So guys like you, uh, Luke and Tanner in Alberta talking about life with all the – well, wh- whatever your numbers are, you can take those numbers to somebody, and the people who look at them – and I've learned all this in the last month, and I'm sure I'm not – a lot of this isn't new to you guys, but the people who look at them look and go, these guys have real human beings who are connected to them, not digits, not metrics, not clicks, real human beings that like them. And if you, and so somebody comes to you and says, we'd like you to sell X, Y, and Z, your audience is very happy to have them as long as it's something good, yeah. right? So you're going to go in like uh, Shab and, uh, and Callan. They somebody sent them these suits and they were giving them money and they put the suits on and they hated them. <laughs> and they said, you know what? 
no, we can't sell these suits. As long as you're honest, as long as, and what's going to happen is that kind of influence, All you'll only represent cool things that are in line with your ideas. And all of a sudden, you'll have these relationships. Your audience is the right audience because if you like the thing, your audience has some similarity to you. So it's a logical investment from whether it's Toyota or whoever. And so all of these companies, and I met with a bunch of them. The second I was out, all the people contacting me were all these future digital people. They all want to go where somebody shares cool ideas with a cool audience in a, in a way that relates the two and go and find the thing that connects, that the audience will like, you'll like, and the only deals that make any sense in life at all are deals that are good for everybody. Yep. If the company likes your audience and your audience likes the company and the company uh, gives you enough money to make better quality uh, podcasts and travel and whatever to make better stuff, uh, then it all works. Like, for example, did you did see the one I did with Dominic Cruz in the car? Yes. I'm going to Uber. Okay. Going to Uber with that. Fantastic. Right? Mm -hmm. I don't know what Uber. I got to get myself to the show. I got so and a, and a uh, cameraman. So that's two flights and a hotel. Well, mm -hmm. I don't know what Uber will get out of it, but uh, how many, how much attention they're willing to spend but when 40,000 people watched it there's a, a long running gag about me and Uber because I once or twice said that Ariel Hawani was like a taxi and I'm an Uber and, <laughs> uh, yes hey and, and, and Ariel's a good friend <laughs> I and he's very successful and he's earned all of it. Um, but I believe that. I believe that style of journalism is very dated and it's ripe for disruption. And yeah. I'm a disruptor. And I don't, Ariel laughs at that. He, we make jokes about it. But Reddit, a, a little sub uh, uh, thing of, of Reddit, just like 20% of them are obsessed with that thing. Well, makes sense. Now Uber, Uber, Uber is perfect, right? They can, you can use it, right? Now to Ariel, it's hilarious. To me, it's hilarious. In fact, I try to sometimes you every now and again, I'll poke that little 20% just enough. Like when I had a new YouTube channel, I'm like, Oh, I need those guys to be freaking out. So, which is funny. And they're no regular sane human being would get upset over a tweet between two people they didn't know. No. You know what I mean? Have you ever seen somebody tweet something to a friend of theirs or in reference or in passing and then decided that you now had insight into who they truly were as a human being and you hate it? Yeah, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? So anyways, what can you – so – uh, but Uber now, because they're a modern company, a future, uh, a disruptor, they understand where, where the attention is. So they invest in podcasts and, and websites and, and things like that, because that's where, that's where they live. And so all of these companies are existing like that. So Uber's cool. Actually, my, uh, uh, a friend of mine here, he's a professional race car driver, Parker Thompson, and he's, uh, he's sponsored by Uber. So he yeah. does, he does talks at schools. So he, he hands out Uber cards, like gift cards to the students and stuff like that, right? And so then he gets every card that's activated um, by, the, by the student or whoever he gives it to, he gets a, he gets a chunk of that. So he just gives that's out these free cards, and that's how they pay him. They're like, well, when they sign up, you get a chunk of it. So he's yeah. just passing them out like they're candy, except he and doesn't have a creepy van. Yeah, yeah. You got to keep it from the creepy, like no fucking tinted window vans. But uh, – like that's logical, right? If if the kid uses the thing, the kid will use it because he likes it. Mm -hmm. Uber will get paid. They didn't have to throw a bunch of money. Like all the next level, the next level of life 
and our society is different than the last one. It's very different and it's very quick. People get their razor delivered to their house. They buy beds online. They don't turn on their television much and they get they stream uh, Netflix into their house and they watch football on their phone. It's different. If you sit around pretending it isn't, you die. Totally. You know? Speaking of beds, if you guys go to www.caspertrial.com forward slash spice, Casper Mattress will give you $50 towards your purchase of a first Casper Mattress. Boom. And if you don't like that mattress, you can send that piece of shit back. But it's not a piece of shit. It's awesome. <laughs> See, and the cool thing is, is we get we get paid for that. And Casper Mattress is, is, is all right with us cussing to our audience because they know our audience doesn't care. Where there's other companies, they're like, hey, listen, you can't talk like that. It's like, well, then we're not going to sell to our audience. Yeah, so that's what I said when I was like, you, this stuff is not new to you guys. Um, and it's cool. I'm glad that, that you got that happening. Um, but, yeah, if somebody told the second they tell you, it's 2017, man. The second they tell you that you can't say a certain thing, look at them like they have no idea what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, and walk the hell out of there. Because, I mean... It's, it's insanity. The people, there are television executives at big companies who just listen obsessively to Howard Stern, but will tell their employees they can't swear on a podcast. Do you know what I mean? Well, how are you going to stop anybody from swearing on a podcast that's not monitored by anybody? Well, because they'll monitor it. Well, if, if you don't want me to swear and you want me to run an ad, I don't want to talk to you. Exactly. No, but you're you're talking about like I I think correct me if I'm wrong, Robin. But you're talking about somebody that works for a big company that that's yeah. that's in media has their own podcast, and then and then their their boss at the other company saying, "Hey, well, you're a reflection of our company. You can't yeah. talk like that on yeah. social media." Yeah. 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 But yet the president of the United States uh, said, "Grab her by the pussy." Do you know what I mean? That's like pretending you live in a world that isn't the world that you live in. It is. You know what I mean? If you are going to actually, which is why suddenly when I watch, you know, uh, I, I turn on the TV and CBS Sports or whatever it is comes on and everybody has this ritualistic way to speak. I'm freaked out now. Uh, it felt normal and we were used to it. Or when you see the newscaster or the weatherman, why do all weathermen have the same cadence to their voice? Mm-hmm. It's Watch it. It blows your mind now. I picked up a newspaper at a restaurant the other day. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Like the headlines are phrased exactly the way that headlines used to be phrased in newspapers in 2007. Yet it's 2017 and this newspaper is pretending people still speak the way they used to speak. And they still think the way they used to think. But they don't. You know? Yeah. Well, the newspaper comes to my house every day and it automatically goes into the recycling bin. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. What the hell do you want to read that for? Why do I need the newspaper when I can read it all on a tablet? Yeah, and it's it's not reflective of the realities that you live in anyways. The two newspapers that will be of note in your city, one will be hyper uh, conservative and one will be hyper liberal and your options as they're presented to us in North America seem to be choose a side and stick with it for life well yeah. the only viable option is to read both of them and make a decision somewhere in the middle the only viable option I think is to throw them both in the recycling and go <laughs> to a modern uh, source that's thinking modern vice.com might be a good one it may, may not somebody may be listening to this going Robin Black's an idiot uh, but uh the craziest thing, 
and you see it more in the states than Canada, but and they won't, you know, you ask your American friends and they'll all agree this is very observed by most people. The two sides are so different. And when you talk to two of them, and so I I had two good friends at Fight Network. One was very liberal and one was very conservative. And when I would watch them talk, they would both walk away going, my God, that guy's an idiot. But worse, they would walk away going, I can't believe how brainwashed he's become. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Why does he not understand truth? And they've both been brainwashed. They've both been brainwashed. I mean, uh, you have to go and look at the world and, and learn it. And study it. Don't just take what you're told. The amazing one, I don't know if you saw the, the fight companion with Eddie Bravo when I was on it. And, and Eddie's, I love him. He's, he's a wonderful guy. And his, his desire to think outside the box is why he invented an entire branch of the jiu-jitsu tree. Yeah. Um, but he also, now, he, he's got a whole bunch of very, very fringy um websites and conspiracy theory things and they're one of their main programming things is that they have to program you to doubt everything you read except them for some reason that you need to doubt every single piece of if it's in the mainstream it's a lie but if it's on some weird you know fringy uh internet channel it's true yeah yeah no? totally it's the it's the same it's the same idea that the other companies have or whatever like that right yep. they're doing the exact same thing exact just, same. just just the other side of it that cool. my favorite part of that whole podcast was when you were talking about mcgregor and uh, the, the boxing and you're and you're just like your, your one line was well what if what if mcgregor's figured something else out that nobody else has and then joe's like nope that's stupid and i was like why is it stupid what if he actually we we've been talking about that here i'm like what if he just like just leg kicks him one time just yeah. just sinks one in there real super hard and now he can't move around and then he then he can hit him yep and, well, and everybody that's boxing's like ah that's bs i'm like have you ever have you ever taken a leg kick actually really hard no yeah, you don't sure. know uh well basically what you're describing is disruptor technology and conor mcgregor is a disruptor um, the question, and when anything has been too steady and too for too long, and people start believing certain things are just facts when they're not facts, they're just guidelines or or rules of thumb or the structure that we agree. I mean, that's why people. That's why technology is able to disrupt things because they stay the same for so long. The world has changed. In in many cases, it's the technology that changed, but thinking changes as well, and human behavior changes. So if you believe that boxing is boxing, uh, and it is this thing forever, and it is this way, it's ripe for disruption. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Connor came in the way he speaks, and the way he acts, and the way he presents, and and he found the, some of the keys that he used. As much as he is a brilliant martial artist, was a lot of mental things, and so he hacked it. He, he went in and, and he disrupted fighting. He became, and much like Airbnb is doing to hotels or my beloved Uber, Uber is doing to uh, taxis or I believe is my mission to do to the, uh, the boring and repetitive and ritualistic way that people cover fighting, um, Conor McGregor uh, became huge. He was able to transcend the other one and surpass it and make it look old and make it look old and weird. And uh, that's what you do. That's yeah. what you do. And so can McGregor do that again in boxing? I don't know. I, I really don't know. But if he's going to, it's going to be with disruptor philosophy. And uh, it's. And I also said to Joe, yeah, like what would uh, Tim Ferriss do? And I don't know. I, I thought Joe and Tim Ferriss were friends. I wasn't sure. Uh, but then he goes, I don't know. That's stupid. Like Tim <laughs> Ferriss tried to learn jiu-jitsu quick and he couldn't. I'm like, 
I, I see his point. Like the, if his point is these, these um, disruptors, uh, if you're using a disruptor example, you just used one where a guy tried this in martial arts. One of the best disruptors tried it, and he didn't go very far. So in, one, I, in one area of martial arts, but he yeah. did compete in uh, full-contact kickboxing, right, yeah. in, in um, wherever it was, Taiwan, and won a world title because he discovered how he could cut weight. So he put on, he cut weight, put on 30 pounds, yeah. and there's a rule listed. I mean, I've listened to this book. I love Timothy Ferris. Yeah, but, but right, and he, and he pushed them off the mat, and had them disqualified because they were on a raised stage with no ring, no ropes. And so he was able to just basically pick these guys up and push them off the mat. Was it was it done in a traditional way? No, but he still won. Everybody hated him for it, but he won. Yeah, and if Conor McGregor does have a way and he does find a way to win, everyone will hate him for it, and he's going to be okay with that. Uh, it's something you need to learn to be okay with um, because you can't control what people think, and so you just can't. And uh, people will hate him if he finds a way to win, particularly if it is some gray area that he has discovered and studied and prepared. Uh, they will, but I don't think he cares. You need to not. I will care. love him for it. Yeah, they, I think will... it'll be hilarious. It'll be, you know, it'll be, yeah. it'll be perfect. Especially if he beats him with, with that way, you know, and and he's able to come in and and do something totally different. He doesn't outbox him, but he still manages to beat him, or even better yet, KO him. Yeah. It would be crazy. But, uh, yeah, that was funny with Joe. I love Joe, and I love he's been so good to me, and it's co so cool that he invited me there after I did Brendan's show the day or two before. Um, but it's also fascinating, the dynamic. You probably pick it up if you watch Joe's shows, is the, the dynamic of the males. It, it's like they're very – the males of the, of the species, this particular group of males, to be included in there, my role – Really, had I thought about it, should have been to shut my mouth. And, no, no well, way. To a certain degree, at least don't try to be male number two or three too early. Now, not that anybody did or said anything to me, but when you think about it, you are you are being welcomed into a very exclusive tribe. And uh, but I liked it, and I enjoyed being in that room with those guys. And and I hope I get to do it again. Um, I saw Joe at. Um, in Buffalo at 210. It's always good to see that, man. He's really done a lot for me. Robin, I I think that you're 100% wrong. Really? <laughs> I think you're in a business where you need to be heard and you need to be a peacock. And you can you can hold your own with any of those guys on any day of the week. Well, thank you. Um, I definitely am not afraid to be a peacock. Um, yeah, okay. Well, I'll, I'll take that. That's cool. I, I think maybe... And it's good to be wrong. I like to be wrong, and I like to be presented with another way to to think. We we are so like resistant to being incorrect today. And if anybody can, the people who embrace and go to search for ways to be wrong, feel like they really make breakthroughs. But yeah, I'll think about that. I'll give that a, a real honest thought. That's really cool. When Connor wins, I'm tagging you and him in the in the in the post and saying, <laughs> "You heard it here first and and I'll play that clip where you where he's like, "No, you're wrong." He'll be like, "Say what?" <laughs> yeah, that's funny. But you know, yeah, it's I'm, it's his show, right? He yeah. he he's the main peacock there and and he, I've seen that before. I watch him enough, but you know, he'll he'll go on those rants, but I I think that what what he likes to do is he's He's still like like you or anybody else. He likes to challenge it, right? So if you got yeah. an idea that's different, 
he's going to push you and see if it's true or if you're going to just back down and be like, oh, okay, and you didn't, and that was cool, yeah. right? Where if you would have yeah. just been like, well, maybe you're right. I mean, you kind of near the end, you're like, well, whatever, we'll we'll have to see, you know? And I mean, because yeah. what are you going to do, just keep – Keep yeah. getting in a pissing match. It's not going to yeah. do anything, you know, but you, you stated your claim, you backed it up and, and you, you know, you left it. I thought it was great. That's cool. Yeah. Joe's wicked though. He's uh such a smart dude. I'm always blown away. Like I was saying, like, I don't get, I focus in so much on the thing. Like I'm such a deep dive. I'm so fully focused on, on what I do that I don't know about that many things. So when I get a chance to, I'll probably get, grab a couple of Joes because I'm just so far behind. These 30 days, I have not consumed anything that was entertainment or for pleasure, not one thing. And you see, there's 30, uh, I think we did 38 pieces for our YouTube channel in 30 days, including the eight that'll come out in the next few days. Mm. Uh, and I went to Albuquerque and I shot a bunch of episodes for this Korean show from Albuquerque. And I went to Montreal and commentated TKO and I went to Buffalo and I got did some stuff for UFC.com and then got that Dom one and I'm going to Russia and, and it's just I don't even know how and I visited my wife for four days in Dallas in that time I have no idea how I have done this amount of stuff in 30 days but I've never been prouder of, of the work and and 30 days later those people who kept saying and people at Fight Network were saying it to me people there that it'll be the best thing that ever happened to you I, it's already it's already true you're driven and focused. That's the big difference. You you had to make it work. You're yeah. an entrepreneur. Yeah. Well, the, that's the thing, though. You don't have to. You could just get drunk for a month. You know what I mean? You could shell up. You could you could turtle up. Um, you could do. There's a million choices that you have. You have to consciously choose it. And driven is a good start. But then you got to do shit. Like you got to do the stuff. And it, it the whole thing looks so intimidating because I didn't know anything about YouTube and I didn't know anything about AdSense and Patreon and all these things that will be necessary if these if the guys with me are ever going to make any money. Um, but I just went and started. And I just started. And now I look back. I think, yeah, it's been a really – I've grew so much. It's wild. But putting yourself in discomfort will make you grow. That's for sure. Robin, are you wearing those Spice Life podcast shirts I sent you? I have been wearing them. Nice. Yeah. I wore one on a on uh, the purple one I wore on thank you by the way. I wore on one of the things at Fight Network uh, that we did. I should have tagged you guys in it. Uh, something I did with Ram Dean. Yeah, I would have liked to get a tag in that. That would have been great. I'm wearing the purple shirt today for this episode especially. I put it on this morning just because of that. Love it. Uh, I will wear one proudly in Russia as well. Ooh, wonderful. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm so it's so cool that you guys have Casper helping you out. Have you got other people helping? Have you got other companies? Uh, so what we have, we have a company that kind of does the work for us, and they we don't go out and find anything. That's cool. They bring it to us. So we have Casper Mattress, Audible.com, BarkBox, Boomba Socks, FreshBooks, GoDaddy. So cool. You got yeah. Done. And so then uh, you can keep upgrading your equipment and you can, you know, it, at some point you guys can travel to a guest or bring a guest in or have a little room where you can do it as a video as well. You can build all that cool stuff. And we're working at it, right? It's a, it's a work in progress. We just, you know, do a little bit. It's even, we were talking about this the other day, you know, September we started here we're on episode 50 and yeah. it's, uh, you know, we thought one day we'd be here. We didn't realize it would be as quick as it is. And it, it blew up. And I think that's the biggest thing is that we did it different. 
you know <laughs> we're, we're not the same as everybody else and it, and it appealed to a wide range so we're very grateful for our fans and support and whatever else and the cool thing is we've met so many awesome people that are that are happy to come on you know such as yourself and john wayne parr uh after you you know it's pretty cool to be able to sit down and talk to these guys and go to go to events and stuff we were up in in edmonton for a ko boxing show we had press passes we got to sit you know ringside and you know do do our own little show and it was like this is awesome you know this wasn't coming because we're two guys that know about fighting it's because we got the show now and we're doing that so it's pretty sweet yeah, it's a really cool thing. Freedom is just so, like, I had no idea how how fun it was going to be. And the the part of the adventure has been trying to to problem solve, you know? Oh, like, all of a sudden, uh, one of my guys, his visa isn't working. Okay, well, somebody else, can somebody else get there with us? You know, oh, uh, we made an episode and it, and it died. Well, can we still get it back? Uh, you know, uh, we don't know how to work this light. Let's go on YouTube and, and figure out how people like this room. Like, that stuff is so fun if you embrace it as the adventure and as the fun. And you're going to learn all this cool stuff. Yeah. You know, you guys had problems with your, um, uh, you had tech problems earlier today, right? Yeah, it was just Skype wanted to update or something stupid. Yeah, something like that. So you just, you figure it out. And, but there is a, a real logical, like, I was thinking about this today while I was at the gym, uh, and learning the martial arts is physically training your brain to problem solve. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what you're doing. So, a guy's got an underhook, and you got to get rid of it. There's a head under your chin, and it's driving you, and you got to move it a- around, and you can't quite. You're physically problem solving, and you're learning to problem solve, and you're learning how to problem solve better, and you're improving your abilities. You're uh, as you're problem solving, you're realizing you're weak in one area. Okay, then we're going to have to go train that thing, and it's just so logical. It just carries over so logically into everything you're going to do in life. Uh, so. You know, that's the easier thing with that is you're used to problem solving by getting punched and kicked in the face and you're problem solving on the fly. Now, now we just have to do it sitting at a desk with a, with a computer. Yeah. And the, the, uh, the, when you're, you're, you get corrected by the punches in the face, right? Tanner, Tanner would have been able to fix it quicker today. If I hit him next time, I'm going to hit him next time. Start hitting him. It's true. Um, but, uh, you know, but the, the hesitation for people who kind of would like to but don't yet do the thing they'd like to do, it's they're still – they're not going to get punched in the face. But something can be even more painful than that for a lot of us is failure, failure or ridicule or looking stupid. Um, and uh, that – that one is its own style of punch in the face, and and that one is tough to get past. But people get past it, you know. Did you guys feel like were you scared or worried at first, or what if nobody likes it, or did you have that any of those worries at the beginning? Um, not really. We just kind of. I'm a real loud guy to begin with, and I say crazy shit all the time, like in public. Yeah. So that's good. I just we just kind of came on and were ourselves, and people. People slowly got attracted to it, and then we had you on, and it took off. Ah, oh, that's so cool! I'm so glad. Um, when you, uh, uh, you know, why? Like, there, there's a term you hear people all the time: authenticity, right? Like, if somebody in again, we'll use TV or the radio, uh, has to tell somebody to be authentic they're not going to be authentic. That's not something you tell somebody to do or that's not something you act. Let's try to create some authenticity. You don't create authenticity. It's the absence of of those things. And uh, the reason it's interesting is because it's a reaction 
to that guy at that desk or that weatherman or that news, the newsreader. It's a reaction to all these ritualistic presentations. They've become so repetitive and weird that isn't it? That's why reality TV was interesting at first. Reality TV was the gateway back to this. But of course, what happened to reality TV? They started producing it. They started creating scenarios. They started having producers give them lines. Then it's not reality TV at all. All it is is the TV with shitty actors. Yeah. You know, so then there was a natural, logical uh, swing even further to people hanging out, talking and having real conversations and sharing real ideas. We're in a really great. I was talking about how different the world is and, and it is and it'll be different again in a couple of years. It'll be different again in three days. But but it's a really cool time right now because all of the information. It's a scary time in a lot of ways, but all of the information in human history is all at people's fingertips. Yeah. And when you start, some people are are analyzing and absorbing that information and then pioneering new ideas. And if you're if you can be one of those, other people are interested in, in what you're doing and and uh, you have you can influence the thing that you love. And I, that takes me back to going to Russia. I, would I like to be well paid to call fights? Of course, I love doing that. But I'm realizing my real purpose with these new jobs is to positively influence the way people see and consume martial arts. That's my number one goal right now. That that's what I that's my purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, that was my purpose doing the breakdowns, and I think I might do those again. There's there's already some talk of me doing them for somebody, uh, but I know that's what I'm doing. I'm I'm going to try to create. The, be the interface for how people can see martial arts and they're not, they're, I'm not going to do it the way that it's been done in North America for the last decade or 15 years for that matter we're going to do it a new way makes sense uh, you said you had to be out of here by 150 yeah I know you're I, late I, yeah I'm late but that's okay it was uh, it, it was worth it um, it's always good hanging with you guys. It's an honor to be on your number fifty, and it's really, it's, it's really. You guys are doing awesome. I'm gonna go find the John Wayne Power. Any other recommendations that Ooh, I should? Uh, Jelena Marjanovitz. Yeah. Okay, yeah, there you have it. There you have it. We'll we'll brush up on her. So I want to do another episode with you, but with yeah. Adam Zujek. I love it. I love it. He wants to do it. We want to do it. So we're yeah. got to make it happen. Yeah, oh, I'm 100% in. I love Adam. I think he's brilliant, and he's a cool dude, and he's smart, and we have really, I, you know how it is. Like, when you meet some people, and you just have such cool, interesting conversations, you feel so lucky to talk to them. Yeah. Adam's one of those guys for yeah. me. Well, Robin, we'll get you out of here so you can get on with your day. Tell everybody where they can find your show and where they can connect with you. Yeah, uh, on Twitter, I'm Robin Black MMA. On Instagram, I'm Robin Black MMA. I've been told that I should do more on Instagram. I don't know how to do it yet. But I'm gonna, um, because that's what we gotta do. Um, and because you should learn stuff. And I, I've been lazy on that. Um, and then my YouTube channel is YouTube slash C slash Robin Black. And are you on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google yeah, Play? I'm on, I'm on all those things. I think maybe not Stitcher, but I've got a, a killer uh, group of dudes uh, that I'm working with. Uh, Aaron and Morgan are kind of like artistic, creative editors and idea guys and so we made a few things and then mark is just like my podcast stud i mean literally the dude has done third, more than one a day for, for me and with me so uh it's on all those now yeah wonderful all right thank you very much for coming back on again robin and we'll get you back on with adam zujek here in the new future sounds good let's thanks, do it robin. Hey. travel safe thanks cheers guys great bye 
Well, we're waiting to call John Wayne Parr here. He's not online on the Skype machine, but we do see Jelena Marjanovic. She's online, so maybe we'll just call her randomly. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Holy fuck, that's loud. Turn that down. Oh? Oh, hey there. Oh, I was like... I'm like, it says audio, but I don't understand. Uh, you and Mel why? both can't. Need, why? Why what? There, hey, there, 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 there she, she is. is, sporting the Oilers hat. <laughs> there you go, my, my team. You gotta get a boogeyman hat. Well, I think I'm not cool enough. I haven't had a hat made of me yet, so. Oh, oh. we might be able to handle that. Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> That's okay. I don't know if I want to be an Adams. Uh... Uh, Instagram? Are they just Instagram videos, or what are they? Instagram and Facebook, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, you don't want to be part of his hat collection? Yeah, because I don't know. I, like, I've seen his hat collection. <laughs> it's interesting. So, we're, we're sitting online here waiting to phone John Wayne Parr, and we saw you logged on, and we thought we would just randomly call you and uh, talk to you quickly about your... Uh, your movie, because we were at the premiere on Tuesday. Well, you hated it, right? The public premiere, because we weren't good enough to come to the big oh, one. Please. Come on, I'm uh, just teasing you. No. I'm like, the other one was just basically for sponsors. And... Oh, I know, I'm only kidding. Now, Luke did say something rude to you. I at the <laughs> he thing. did. Yeah. I didn't. surprised, right? Yeah. I think it was that he said he was surprised. I didn't say I was surprised. Was it surprised? Did I, really? I think. I think he said that he was surprised that it was as good as it was. I didn't say right. that. I'm sure that's what it's. I'm pretty sure that's how it came. <laughs> that did sounds you get, way worse. Did you get the video of me punching him in the face? I did. It was phenomenal. <laughs> Perfect. I was at the gym when I got it, so I totally laughed. Like, <laughs> I was like, check this shit out. <laughs> it was phenomenal, and I'm not even. I'm not saying that because I'm afraid of you, even though I am a little bit. <laughs> they did a great job. They yeah, did. they did. A phenomenal job with the production of that. So, cool. yeah. Cool. I thought it told a really good story. Like, the whole thing was done very well. Yeah, I think um, they captured they captured enough of my story, but with, like, uh, with the storyline of my fight coming up. I think there was things that they did miss. Like, I think they didn't show just how hard we work in training camp as fighters. Um, cause they kind of grazed over that cause there was so much to tell. So I think that they like, they hit it a bit, but I think only if you know how hard someone trains is you, you realize that just from the amount of sweat that I had every clip in the video. And the um, amount of times we've seen you changing a shirt. Well, yeah, well, I changed my shirt. Like when I'm that close to fights, I go through two t-shirts to work out easily. She's a sweater. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You should do that, too, because you're, yeah, he sweats everywhere. It's disgusting. You slip on the floor. It's awful. I just don't like being cold. So, um, you know, being from Canada, like you guys are aware, it's chilly when you get cold and sweaty. So I just, I don't like to be cold. So I constantly like to be trying to keep my heat in and sweat more. All right, tell us when the movie will be out so everybody can watch it. Like, obviously, they could go to that movie theater and watch it. No, that oh. was a one-time screening. So oh, that we was are special. Like a, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we are special. Yeah. 
So that was a one-time screening. So now it's coming out on Telus Optic TV, April twenty-fourth, um, and that I believe is kind of Western Canada. I believe is Telus Optic. I'm not one hundred percent sure on that though. And then we are talking. I believe they're talking to networks about maybe putting it on on their networks and and uh, a deal with that. We are also hoping to meet with um, Netflix or iTunes. But um, I kind of told them as I am four or five weeks out of a fight, I told them not to call me for a week. So (laughs) I told told the group picks they're amazing people, but I was like, don't talk to me for a week. I need to get focused here. So um, they've been giving, they've been respecting, they're kind of scared of me too. So they've been respecting my request and I haven't really spoke to them this week. Besides Tuesday. See, I was going to put the boogeyman hat directly on her head, but then I figured I might get punched in the face for wrecking her hairdo. Wrecking her hairdo, yeah. Oh, yeah, you got, you got scared. It's okay. It happens. I started sweating. I have to, I have to say though, when you talked about how they captured everything though in your, in your, uh, you know, and you told them like they can't interrupt you and redo everything, uh, Milan's like the secret star of that uh, of that movie a little bit. Oh, there. he was hilarious. It's no secret, Milan is amazing. Like he is, I, and I look at everybody after, and they're like, Milan's so funny. And I was like, you guys wonder why I'm messed up, or if I'm like whatever. I'm like, look at my life. Like my dad is just genetics. Like that's my real life. And Milan, like this is the two men in my life that I deal with on a constant basis. So if you have any issues with me, take it up with them because they're the total influence of my life. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, no wonder. No wonder I'm a little crazy. Like, of course. Like, look at my life. Probably the best was at round, round eight where you're like, are we ahead? And he's like, well, you were, but uh, I think but one judge has flipped. And <laughs> if you'd start punching since it is boxing and you're just like, your face was like, what the fuck? And you walk out, uh, and then you just hammer on her. I was like, perfect. He knows, yeah, he knows how to no, get you motivated. Oh, yeah. One judge shifted, and I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, well, you're not doing anything. I'm like, <laughs> are you serious right now? One thing I look back in my career, and I wish that I would have, um, if I could do it over again, I wish I would have videotaped Milan and, and recorded Milan throughout our career. Because... He, him and I have had some battles in um, in the corner. Like, what you see now is, like, super calm and super tame. And we used to fight in the corner. And, and like, you only get a minute. Like, so you, an average person would be like, well, how much can you talk about in a minute? Oh, no, I've gotten words. I've gotten slapped. I've gotten lectured. I, I've had it all, you know? So I, I laugh, like... People don't understand unless you're there. And for me, like, some of the things Milan says is just amazing. And you just look and you want to laugh, but then you know that if you laugh, you're going to get it way worse. So you just try and, like, shake it off, take what he's saying, and move on. And when is your fight? Uh, May 18. And that's in France. Just yeah. O- just outside of Paris, just outside right? Of Paris. Yeah. Are we, are we yeah. going to be able to watch it? That I'm not sure of yet. Um, that would be a Melanie Lubavac question. Calling um, her right now. Yeah, she's right? not on Skype. As I, 
as I was told that I am not allowed to be on my phones or computers or anything of distracting. So um, I will be unavailable probably three days out of my fight. Okay. Yeah, Milan's like, he's, he, because we were not great last fight, um, he's laying the hammer down. And basically, when what Milan says and Milan wants goes, like, I don't know, you know, people who are unfamiliar with that, um, just, just watch the documentary and you'll understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's funny because you guys actually saw the censored version. Milan was like, way funnier in the uncensored version because his f-bombs and and little quippy things in the gym and the slapping like i don't even think they showed him slapping me no like no yeah so there's one point where he just boom and i was and everybody's like laughing and i was like yeah you assholes laugh now but wait till i slap you guys later like (laughs) see how it feels the best part of the whole movie for me was brad over in oh, the with corner. The yes. <laughs> so what's funny about that, actually, I told that was Brad came in and helped out. It was awesome because Brad came in to help um, Blake, my sparring partner, the day after his fight. So he had gotten stitches and had a major shiner and still came in and, and I'm sure was hungover. Um, <laughs> Still came into the gym to help out. So I, I really appreciated in that respect. But I looked at him. I go, Brad, take the shades off. Like, the guys are here filming. Like, you kind of look like a dick. And he's like, looks at me. He's like, no, I got a black eye. I'm going to wear these shades. They're not, it's not going to make a deal. I'm like, dude, you kind of look like a dick. Like, I'm just looking out for you. I don't really care how you look. Like, it doesn't affect me one way or the other. But you're going to look at this and be like, man, I look like such an asshole. Like... And so, sure enough, he, like, went on his Facebook and posted, he's like, I had a black eye, and this, and I'm like, and I, I phoned him, actually, right after the first time it was viewed live, and I was like, I was like, I told you so. <laughs> I love saying I told you so. It's one of the things about me, like, I don't really go out and be like, oh, you should do this, because I'm right. But when I do, I love being right. Like, I absolutely love it. And that's like, why you don't I'm have a boyfriend. Like, oh. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's it. See? She is single. She wouldn't answer it at the thing, though. Yeah. Well, I thought it was kind of weird that a girl asked me if I was single. <laughs> maybe she thought you were cute. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I don't I don't roll that way. No. You just say with all due respect. With all due respect, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, I forgot. You guys, where have you guys been? I forgot. I needed a little cueing on that one. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, you should have said that. Yeah, with all due respect, with all due shut respect, your mouth. I, no. <laughs> with all due respect, I don't want to answer this question. Shut your mouth. With yeah. all due respect, can you please leave the theater? Yeah. Tanner, Tanner went outside after after the event and went up to Brad and he's like, he's like, hey, he's like, you're you're Brad and he's like, yeah, and he's like, wow, you're a lot bigger in person. He's like. I'm supposed to give you a hug. And he's like, who are you? And he wouldn't hug him. (laughs) I heard this. I actually heard this story uh, from Brad. He's like, yeah, some guy was like uh, that he did a podcast with that knows Braywood, like told me I was supposed to get a hug. I was like, honestly, Brad, they're nice guys. Like, don't be so sensitive. (laughs) Oh, my God. He's going to get so mad because I called him sensitive again. But I talked to him yesterday on Facebook. I creeped him out a little bit. You creeped him out a little? I guess. I don't know. With the hug. 
He's seven feet tall. Suck it up. I know. He's gigantic. Yeah, but imagine I've been like I've been around and like I've been out with him and and imagine being him though. Every single day, probably about ten times a day, people are like, dude, how tall are you? And I get mad. I'm like, how tall are you? Fucking beat it. Pardon me. <laughs> Was there people around? I get mad. Like I. I feel bad, you know? Like, can you imagine every day someone asking you? I get mad when I have a black eye for, like, a week, and I'm like, nobody asked you why your face looks like that. Like, you're stuck with that. Like, you know? So I can I can understand why he gets upset about it. Nice guy. Yeah. 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 So good he was in. Has he come to quite a few of your fights, too, then? Um, I think Brad's been boxing... Uh... He's been pro for a year now, I think, and amateur for a while. Like he's fresher on the scene, um, into the boxing scene. I mean, I, I also come from a fifteen-year career, so he's been to a few of them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Came to the- France. He's been he's been working with Milan um, and KO Boxing for a little bit now. So since he's been with the KO um, staple of fighters, when um, we all train together and we're all very good friends, so. Um, since then, he's yeah definitely come to a lot of them and is, is extremely supportive. Cam was happy too that you cut out um, when you dropped him with a body shot in the video. I didn't. He <laughs> no, was I there. I didn't drop him with a body shot, but I was like, when people are like, "Oh, are you getting ready for your fight?" I'm like, "Yeah, I clearly need my sparring partner for you know my first session back to get the shit kicked out of me, right?" Like, and Cam's like. Cam's like, yeah, I'm glad they cut out the part where you got me with the body shot. And I was like, yeah, no, I wasn't. <laughs> you see me, like, getting smoked, like, left, right, and center. I'm like, awesome. First day back, Cam McConnell. Love it. He came into our gym, too, and was doing the same thing because he just started his, his training camp. And, and he just kept rushing in, just let, like... And I was hitting him, and he's like, "I like to get hit lots." And when I first started, I was like, "You're being a dick." Like, <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, I'm kidding, but I'm, I'm having to keep hitting him. I'm like, "Fine, I'm just gonna keep hitting you then." Yeah, like, and that's and that's the thing. Like, when you don't realize, like, we only fight, we don't fight all the time. So all these guys are sparring like all the time, and then I, I literally like hadn't sparred. My fight before was March um march so that and that fight training camp was for october so i hadn't been in the ring in a long time and milan's like yeah cam needs a couple extra rounds you want to jump in there and i was like yeah of course i do like i want to spar every day and i was like and i don't get to see cam very often so i was super excited but i was like it was like (laughs) it's demoralizing really like i was like yeah no i'm ready not really (laughs) but i'll do it but okay. How do you think so it feels Cam, like, being a two hundred pound guy getting beat up by him? That's not fun either. No. So, so Cam, like you see one where he's like kind of like sorry, and I like pushed him, and I was like, I'm not sorry. Like I'm never sorry. Like if I hit you, I'm not sorry. Don't get hit. Like so, I get mad when people are like, Oh, are you okay? I'm like, Beat it. Are you okay? I'm gonna low blow you now. Like leave me alone. <laughs> and then she'll say, I told you so. Yeah. Yeah. I told you so. After. Yeah. I told you to leave me alone. <laughs> so I think that you and I are going to have to team up next week because I think you owe Adam Braidwood some payback. I do. Yes. Uh, you know what? You know what I've learned in my many, many years? That this vis- this circle, you know, it just gets vicious and it gets aggressive. And, like, 
I mean, I don't like losing, so I don't, and I don't, I do whatever it takes to win. That's one thing about me. Like, yes. I, I do whatever it takes to win. I'm going to so, need some questions then. <laughs> uh, Adam, he's ridiculous. You don't need to say the questions on air here. You can nope. text us later. Yeah. You don't even have to be the person to say it. So that's the good thing. Texting's simple. You can just text the question. You can be as crazy as you want. We're the ones that have to repeat it. <laughs> well, I'm the one that has I don't to repeat know. it. Let's see. My brother, my brother's friends with Adam as well, and he's like, oh, Braywood always trying to get in on your interviews. He's like, what is he, trying to ride the ride the world title wave? And I was like, bro, you can't say that. Because <laughs> I'm like, but maybe. <laughs> There you go. Told you so. Right? There you go. Yeah. He was super happy that I wore the hat. Yeah, I'm aware. Adam, yeah, Adam's great. And, you know, I think you'll see some big things from Adam. And um, he's he's hungry and, and um, got a lot to learn. But that's boxing. All right. So we'll we'll get you out of here, Jelena. You're probably on more important things. Yeah, to we know that you to weren't us. logging on to Skype to talk to us. We were just, no, we were just doing I something funny. No, inter- I have another interview at four here. So. Ooh, cool. Um, so the date of the release on Telesoptic is? April 24. And the date of your fight is? May 18th. And who are you fighting? Uh, it's a rematch with Gail Amand of France um, in her backyard. I am her only loss on her record, so she's trying to avenge that. She thinks she has my numbers this time. Wrong, she doesn't know wrong. that I fought like crap, so. Yeah. Where can the people find you? Uh, they can check me out on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, at Jelena Boxing, J-E-L-E-N-A Boxing. All right, thanks for answering. Thanks, champ. Hey, thanks for having me on. Have an awesome day. Cheers. See ya. And introducing... The champion, ladies and gentlemen, fighting out of the red corner, please give it up for the gunslinger, John Wayne Barr. Hey, John, thanks for coming on the Spice of Life podcast again for episode 50, right after your uh, big one second left in the fight, head kick. Uh, uh, one second left in the second round, so yeah. I still had another round to go. Oh, so yeah, um, it was pretty crazy. I heard the the clacker go for the, the ten second warning, so I thought, oh, balls to the wall. I'll just go crazy last ten seconds, see if I can steal the round, and then um, just threw the head kick for the sake of throwing it, and then it landed. It was like, holy crap! I can't believe that just worked. It was perfect. Uh, yeah, it was nice. Uh, the for the about the last six weeks, I'm thinking, oh, man, imagine getting a, a really cool KO for my Bellator debut. Um, I, I'd love to land a head kick, and then I thought about it for six weeks, and then when it happened, it's like, I can't believe it happened. So hence why I was so excited running around the, the rings, uh, because it was like a dream come true. Jumping up on the ropes. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I mean, falling off the ropes. Yeah, yeah it wasn't it, as <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, that one we didn't go to plan as much as I, I hoped it to. John, did you get the shirts we sent you? Uh, I think mm, not sure. I don't think so. Maybe I don't know. I don't think so. Goddamn mail. Yeah. Yeah. We made your custom shirt. Oh really? No, I haven't. No, I don't know. I'm gonna go grab one and I'll show you right real quick. Talk to uh, Luke. Okay. 
Yeah, no, we sent them out after the last time we had you on because we, we got those those shirts made up and we thought we got to send them one. We made you some gunslinger shirts, so we sent oh, out a bunch for your for your wife and stuff, and and so should get them. We sent them to the gym wherever you texted me that address. I'm not gonna say yeah. it on air, but but whatever you texted me there, we we had uh, we'd sent it there, and uh, so you should have it. We'll have to check on the uh, thing. Oh, I never got. I know they never came. I definitely remember that one. No, they never came. Ah, oh, no, that looks that looks really cool too. Well, you got a tracking number for that, I assume, Tanner. Yeah, I'll track them down. If they got lost, I'll send them again. Hey, uh, no worries. Awesome, they look very nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd happily I'd happily wear them around town. That'd be cool. The gunslinger. Yes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Or, or otherwise known as the head kick assassin now. Yeah. Nah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you really lived uh, up to your nickname in that fight because it was balls to the wall from the from go. Yeah, the the plan was to um, make an exciting debut. So I, I said in a couple of interviews leading up to the fight that uh, I really wanted to make it an exciting fight. I didn't just want to just win or, or just play the game. I wanted to make it exciting from the opening bell to the final bell. And if I could score something um, crazy... Uh, and then my main motivation was to steal the show. I wanted to be fight of the night and have everyone hopefully remember my name on my first fight for on, on the big stage. And um, yeah, I'm so happy that I got to achieve it. It's such a buzz. It's such, I'm, it's been a week now and I'm I'm still on a high. So yeah, I don't know why people take drugs. All I've got to do is fight in the ring and score head kick knockouts and uh, just feel the same in, endorphins. Yeah. Um, did they do like a fight of the night bonus for you for for that fight? Uh, I got a high five. Oh. So that that that's better than fifty grand. Who wants fifty grand? If I had fifty grand, would I be happy? See, that's the thing. So, but a high five is forever. That's true. <laughs> and if it's a stinger, you can feel it for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I jumped out of my seat when I was watching it. Yeah, I fell off the cage when I did it. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, sorry, the ring, oh. the ring, the ring. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, what a what a buzz. Um, apparently, they're showing it right now in Italy. So I've just got a few messages from a lot of people from around the world that have just watched the, the replay. So the the saga continues. It's cool. Yeah, I recorded it. I watched it again this morning. Hey, nice. Jumped out of my seat so, again. So uh, that was my 128th fight, and uh, I, I, it's hard to explain that I still get the same. Uh, excitement from um, 128 fights till my first fight. Uh, that's why it's so hard to retire from this sport because the it, it never ends. It, it's always so exciting when, when you get even if it's just an, a win. A knockout's always ten times better, but just the the rush of the crowd and the excitement of the win and when everything goes to plan, it's um, the most uh, amazing feeling in the world. Was uh, Angie and the kids with you down there, or do you go just with your uh, corners? No. no? Yeah, just me and my friend Kevin Dick from New Zealand. Um, he uh, a good friend of mine. He comes over from New Zealand, helps me out for four weeks in the lead up, uh, and then because it's because I'm fighting too, it's a job. It's not like we're going on holidays. I'm in the hotel. I'm losing weight. I'm training. If not training, I'm I'm sleeping, or or uh, not eating. Uh, so and then after the fight, so uh, we I fought about ten thirty, and then. Uh, by the time the show wrapped up and we were on the bus, we got back to the hotel about one in the morning. I had time to have a shower, pack my bag, and then I had to be in the hotel foyer at 3.30 a.m. to catch a bus to the airport, and my first plane left at 6.30 a.m. So there was, there was no there was no post-fight celebrations. There was no 
uh, cracking bottles. There was no champers. There was no there was no beers to be drunk or high fives to be had. It was um, thirty hours back on the plane home. So uh, yeah, not much sleep. Oh yeah, yeah. I've never, I've never. Sorry. No, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I've never been in a situation where I've I've had to leave so early straight after a fight before. It was um, it sort of sucked. Yeah, that's what uh, I was gonna ask yeah. you. Is like, who who plans that? Like, that's crazy to leave right after. Is that yeah. on Bellator or was that just how yeah. the flights worked out? No, nah, Bellator. They um, but it wasn't just me. It, was, it seemed like the whole production crew, um, a lot of other fighters, everyone. And from talking to the Bellator staff, that's what they do. They they have their show and then they're gone the next morning. And they're in they're in Budapest right now with a, a show tonight, another um, Bellator kickboxing show tonight. So it's just like this rotating machine that never stops. Once they do one, it's like all right, all right on to the next saga. Is that Kevin so, Ross that's fighting on that then? No, Gabriel Vargas uh, fighting. Oh. Uh, Joe Schilling's fighting, and also Jarena Bars. Oh, so I like Joe good. Schilling. Be, He's awesome. Yeah, and Jarena Bars is a really cool chick. She's the the girl that fought um, Cyborg. Online fight a few years ago. Oh, beat Cyborg. Yeah, that was yeah. She's good. Yeah, she's amazing. She, I think, I believe she's forty-five and oh, and forty-four and oh. So she's a killer, and she's Dutch. So you can always guarantee the Dutch fighters are strong. So you said in your post-fight interview that you have a goal of becoming the next big thing in kickboxing. I hope. Yeah, I, th- I think you hoping. are the probably the big thing in <laughs> kickboxing. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I did a. Uh, podcast yesterday for Ireland, and I was just saying to the boys, it's um, it's like climbing Everest without any summit. You're always constantly climbing, trying to reach the top. And to everyone else, it might seem like you're way up high, but to myself, it looks like I have so far to go. So I'm always trying to just one one step at a time to get closer and closer, just to make sure that um, I can confirm my legacy. I want to make sure that there's no stones left unturned. I want to do everything possible. And then it just seems to keep happening too. I've been lucky to fight Lumpini, Rajendran, King's Birthdays, Contender. Uh, and now the opportunity to fight for uh, Bellator is just um, at 40 years old to have these opportunities and, and to be successful is um, and just, yeah, the, the ride just is amazing. You want that blue belt? Um, I, I like any belt. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I have a belt addiction. Yeah. A, uh, yeah, that's a good addiction to have. It's a good addiction. Yeah, it's um, it's fun. That blue belt's very nice. Uh, one of the gentlemen from Bellator was saying they're worth five grand each, with oh. uh, with real diamonds in them. So, wow. When times get tough, I'm sure I'll be able to sell it for a lot more. <laughs> Just take a chisel <laughs> and get those diamonds out. <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah, gave yeah, your uh, you gave your opponent a boomerang at weigh-ins. Yes, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, it's um. I don't believe in all the hype of um, headbutting and pushing and, and trying to be a tough guy. I'm going to fight the guy no matter what. And at the end of the day, it's just a sport. So if I can show a bit of um, just being a friend, um, I, I thank you for the opportunity to have this fight. And um, I wish you all the best. I hope none of us get hurt. May the best man win. And uh, here's a souvenir to remember me after knocking out. Yeah, I was going to say nobody gets hurt, but you, you <laughs> rearranged this whole night. So yeah. He said, keep his hands yeah. up. That's a lesson for the kids, why you got to keep your yeah. hands up. You know? And he was yeah, a local guy. Made, yeah, he had a good, he had a good um, support in the crowd. He had a whole section cut off just for himself. So when he walked out, um, the place went pretty crazy. And then even after I beat him, just before they announced the winner, 
Um, they had a big, everyone's chanting his name, um, just to let him know that he was still a warrior. So, yeah, all, all respect to him. Um, he, he had 55 fights with nine losses, um, I think half of those by, by knockout. So he wasn't a slouch, he was a good fighter. He, he gave me a, a few problems, the way that um, he, he was running a lot, making it hard for me to catch him, hard for me to trap him in the corner. So, but, uh, yeah, I, I didn't feel I was threatened at any stage during the fight. I don't think he had the, the power to hurt me. So it was just a matter of time before I caught up. Well, it was a fantastic fight. It was the most entertaining fight on the card, hands down. Oh, uh, thank you. Because you did, you took some shots. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there was one stage where I chased him into the corner, and I went to do a flying knee, but it didn't work out quite successfully, and I sort of got trapped and caught off balance. And he unloaded and caught me with a few flush shots, but um, uh, it was more of a stage of getting my balance back and then and then firing straight back to make sure I did I didn't lose any points. Yeah, so, and then and like like I said, I wanted to make it exciting, so um, give the, the crowd their money's worth. Well, I'm guessing after that fight, Bellator is not going to waste too much time with probably putting you on another card. I hope so. I, I've signed the three fight deal. That was the first fight. I have two more with them. Uh, it. I like being active. Last year, I had six fights. Uh, I like to have between five, six, seven fights a year. So I, I don't want to be stagnant. I don't want to wait four months, five months. Otherwise, I feel rusty. Mm. So, I've, And then at 40 years old, too, the longer I wait, the, the older I get. So if I can be active, and I, I like money. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything scheduled in the Muay Thai area coming up or no? Uh, I have my own promotion, CMT. Yeah. So we were going to do CMT July 1st, and then it was all booked. But uh, Manny Pacquiao has just signed a deal to fight here in Brisbane, 45 minutes from my house, oh. uh, on July 2nd. So I had to move my show to uh, August now. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's no way known that I can compete with Manny Pacquiao. They're expecting 45, 50,000 people at the venue, so it'd be yeah, promotional suicide. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and then there's also, I've been um, asked by my friend Hans uh, Mullenkamp to come to New Zealand to support Mark Hunt uh, early June for the UFC in New Zealand. So um, hopefully the opportunity comes and that won't interfere with my training if I'm fighting August now. Yeah. So it works out perfect. Fantastic. Cool. Um, I was going to ask you, because the, the Bellator fight was K1 rules and you're a, you're a Muay Thai fighter. Yeah. Um, I was... When you fight K1, do you feel a little hampered, like just with no. punches and kicks? Do you, do you ever get the itch to throw an elbow? No, no. Uh, this one's lucky. It's, it's old K1 rules. So you're allowed a five-second clinch. Uh, so you're allowed to throw as many consecutive knees as possible in five seconds before they break it. So it's not the single hand, single knee ruling. Uh, so it's uh, the the first K1 set of rules. So as long as you're active in the grapple, they'll, they'll let it get going. Okay. Uh, and then I, I really like punching. Punching is my forte. So the K1 rules probably is, um, suits me a lot better. And the only difference between Muay Thai and the K1 is it's very important that you win the first round. Yes. Because there's only three rounds, um, if you lose the first, then you have to play catch up the two and three. But if you can go out there and win the first, at least you can ease back a little bit in the second. And then if you lose the second, at least you only got one round to go. But it's very important that um, you don't have much time. There's no feeling out process. It's just go from the opening bell. Are you able to catch uh, the kicks in the Bellator rules? Yes. Okay. So you're allowed one one catch. Uh, you sorry, you're allowed uh, catch one technique, release, and then attack again. Uh, but you're not allowed to sweep. So hmm. 
I like swooping, but uh, long if you catch catch their kick, you can allow the kick the thigh release or, or one knee release. So it's pretty similar to Muay Thai except for the sweeps. So you, I know you I know you love to punch. So for this fight after after getting critiqued on uh, Twitter or whatever it was, did you work <laughs> on your jab? <laughs> Just uh, yeah, I was, I was uh, crazy. <laughs> Yeah, what do, what do you say to that? That <laughs> guy, that guy was so serious as well. I, I can't believe he sent he sent me a private message. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. And then the best part was when he said, "Oh, look, it's so hard for me to explain to you online. It'd be so much easier if I was there to show you how to jab in person." It's like, <laughs> who the hell are you, man? And then he t- there's an audacity to tell me he's never had a fight, a Muay Thai fight before. He's had a couple of amateur boxing fights, and and then uh, being. Uh, the the one to stir the pot. I asked him, "Oh, look, would you, being um a, an open-minded person, do you mind if I share this uh, message on my Facebook page so that I can get the 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 fans' reaction of what you have to say?" Oh, please, it'd be an honor if you could share my message. Whoa! <laughs> so, so yeah, so I just let, I let the fans destroy him instead of myself, and then and then I I don't look like a a, a bully. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, well, there's a purpose behind it. I was watching. I was like, man, he's cracking those pads hard. Yeah. And then and then I like watch the video. And, and then next thing you know, there's this text message. And I'm going, what is this guy doing? Who is this idiot? I, of course, then you click on him because then I want to see who this guy is. So I'm looking him up. And yeah, he's nothing. He's nothing. You know? Yeah. And then uh, the funny part is I still have Joe Rogan to this day. He'll in, in Every now and again on his podcast, he'll mention the jab. Or I mentioned um, that John Wayne Parr, the way he loads his shoulders. If there was a um, uh, a shadow of John Wayne and I seen him, the shadow, I could tell straight away that it was John Wayne Parr's jab just from the shadow, um, just because he's so new, unique. And then I got this other guy telling me that I don't know what I'm doing. I got, I'm, I'd rather the compliment of Joe of some than somebody that has no idea what they're talking about. So, yeah. Yeah. What do you What do you do? This is the internet. <laughs> Have you watched the the fight back yet? Uh, yes. Did yeah, you? a couple of times. Matt Mitrione just goes crazy. Oh, I didn't hear the English version, only the Russian version. Oh, really? Matt Mitrione goes nuts. Oh, really? Yeah. It was pretty cool because he was... Oh, uh, see, he does a commentary, does he? Yeah, he was doing commentary for your fight. Oh, wow. And oh, you, nice. And you kicked him in the head and all I could hear was Matt Mitrione yelling and nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very cool. Hey, Matt's cool. I uh, wish him all the best for his uh, New York fight against that Fedor. That's huge. Whew, that's a scary fight. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. But uh, Fedor is uh, unfortunately not the same Fedor that he was 10 years ago. He's not the immortal, if you will. He's yeah. getting a little bit older. and um, So, yeah, Matt's a big dude too. He's a big guy. And yeah, he's fast. Tough. Uh, he's, yeah, he's in his tough. It's going to be a hard one. So the last time uh, we talked, you had brought up a man card. <laughs> yes. You said that I, Luke didn't like- have his man card. Luke, which what, what happened? You said yeah, I, what happened? What happened? Well, because I I haven't fought in full Muay Thai. I've only fought in K one rules, so I'm not a man yet. So, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a, yeah. I've actually I've had a physical man card made for you. Oh, nice! <laughs> that you can put in your yeah. wallet. It's metal, and you can <laughs> open beer with it. Oh, very cool. <laughs> so very I'm cool. A, I'm gonna send it to you with new shirts. Did you I don't send know them with the shirts already? I thought you sent it. Oh no, I didn't send it yet. 
Yes. No, that was funny. I've talked to a few people. I told Kevin Ross that too. He was on he was on uh a couple weeks ago and we were talking about that. He just laughed. He thought, Yeah, well that's it's kinda true, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. Um uh when you wear a, when you do your training does does the push up bra get in the way where you execute your punches as well? Or is it <laughs> 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 I got nothing. What are you going to say to him? Nothing. Nothing. I'll have to get on a plane and come there and say, okay, show me. When you show get 130 me. fights, then you can jump yeah, off, I can't I say anything. Yeah. No, not saying nothing. No. Yeah. What I do you got going for today for then, John? Are you are you busy today? Today's Good Friday. Um, oh, so yes. uh, I have a, one of my um, students, Ben Marnie, he's fighting in an eight-man next week. So I'll go and hold some pads for him tonight. Uh, and then... Uh, yeah, have you heard of Conor McGregor's coach, John Kavanaugh? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I went and had um, some beers with him last night. Oh, nice. So I, I, invite, I invited him around tonight to, if he wants to come around for a, a Good Friday barbecue. So we'll see if he comes over tonight or not. Yeah, because he, he so, yeah. said, he was on Twitter, he said he was pissed off. He comes all the way to Australia and you fly to Italy and now he's gone, <laughs> And right? That was the other... Well, he's still here. So yeah, he I know, up, I knew that. He, he was doing seminars in Sydney. And then he's come to the Gold Coast, my hometown, to um, have a few days R and R. And then when I got back, uh, someone, a few people, private messaged me saying, "Hey, he's on the Gold Coast." So I hit him up, saying, "Hey, do you want to catch up?" Then last night he goes, "Oh, do you want to go out for dinner?" Uh, sure. So yeah, we hooked up last night. Um, we sat around the table and we we talked just crazy stories. So it was really fun. He said, uh, about 17, 18, 19 years ago." Um, he was doing the, the, the jiu-jitsu and then a Muay Thai coach come into his gym and, and the Muay Thai coach said, um, oh, look, to decorate the place, do you mind if I put a poster up? And he said, oh, that was the very first time um, he'd, he'd ever heard of me. He put a John Wayne Park poster up on the in his gym um, 17 years ago. So wow. that, that's how he first heard of my reputation. I was the first poster in his gym and he didn't even know who I was and now, and now we're having beers together. So it was crazy. It's amazing that this guy, because you're super famous, like everybody knows who you are, and you're very humble. And I, it, it surprises me that you're a little bit shocked when people, people like that know you. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm just a, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I, I'm just one of the boys that likes punching people. And then when I get messages from people from all around the world that say they've heard of me or they support me, it's really humbling. Um, I, I never, I never get sold. I'm not one of those guys that takes it for granted. I'm, I'm really appreciative of everyone's support. It's, um, I've worked so hard for it, and then to finally achieve it, it's like, a, a, like I said multiple times all over, it's a dream come true. I'm really, I'm really happy. Yeah. Do you know who Robin Black is? Yeah, yeah, for sure. He told me I'll, to tell I'll you actually, what's up. Hey, nice. <laughs> um, I've got to be on the TV show with his co-host. Uh, is it John? John Ramsey, big ball guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did an interview together about maybe three or four years ago. I was over in Canada doing seminars, and that was the first time I got to meet George a couple of days later. Okay. So yeah, I got a lot of Canadian history right there. So for this episode, we we put a post out because we didn't know who we were gonna have on. So I yep. couldn't think of anybody bigger than you, and probably yeah. Robin Black. And you guys were the first two people to like the post. Yeah. Oh, nice. So nice. before you go on. Robin Black will go on. Uh, beautiful. So it's pretty when, cool. When you say uh, no one bigger, are you talking about my pee-pee? Yes. 
It's awesome that other people can make dick jokes. Yeah. If you tune into this podcast for all serious stuff and no dick jokes, you're on the wrong podcast. Yeah, that's good. I'm, I'm famous from being down under. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why you keep tripping the escalator? Uh, um Safety, oh, safety things and stuff. Possibly, possibly. <laughs> so, so do, do you know do you know what an Aussie French kiss is? No, no. It's like a normal French kiss, but we do it down under. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how I got my wife. That's how I uh, seduced my wife. I, but that one joke, she goes, "Okay, you're mine. <laughs> Let's get married." Yeah, there you <laughs> go. That means she's cool, though. Yeah. Maybe if she can take a joke yeah. like that, yeah, then she's cool. <laughs> then she's yeah. she's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, is your daughter fighting anytime soon? Uh, yes, twenty uh, seventh of May, she's fighting for an Australian title. Oh, nice! It'll be her her fifteenth fight. Wow. Sweet. How old is she? So, uh, Fourteen. And where where is that at? Obviously in Australia, uh, but where? Uh, the Gold Coast, here on the uh, about twenty minutes from my gym, um, the PCYC on Monaco Street, Broad Beach. Uh, yeah, and my son's fighting on the same card too. He's going to have his third fight. He's he's eight years old. Oh wow! Uh, now he'll be nine by then. It'll be his birthday in a couple of weeks, so he'll be nine. Now, do you corner them? I, of course, yeah, yeah for sure. Okay. Um, so once it's time to once it's go time, I put my trainer's hat on um, and try and leave the emotion out of it, and just try and help them to be the the best that they can on the night, and try and stay calm and not get emotional. I was going to ask you how you deal with that, like having your kids in there getting punched in the face. Because I have a six-year-old daughter, and I don't like seeing her do anything. (laughs) Yeah, that's okay. Um, I like them. uh, They have a passion for the sport. So to see them live their dream, my dream through their dreams, it's it's really nice. um, And my daughter loves it. She really wants to fulfill uh, her own destiny of becoming a superstar, world champion, travel the world, and live the similar lifestyle that I've lived uh, and I've, I've already told her too I said I've been a female the prize money's not the, quite the same as the guys and it's a very difficult sport she goes it's okay I'll just do PTs and teach out of the gym and keep the family business going so, well okay cool that's well, um, sorted at least somebody's going to so, take it up Jeez. you don't you don't have to worry about having having a, being married to a wife that doesn't understand it either because she was kind of yeah. a badass back in the day too <laughs> right so it's good yeah, right yeah that that's that's easy yeah so um i said look you can stay in school and be smart or you can be a tie box and be smarter she said yeah i want to be yeah well that's i told my son that the other day i said you know if if all you do is learn in school you'll only be as smart as every other kid that learned the same bs in school so you need to learn outside of school and so he's trying to do more stuff he's only same thing he'll be nine this summer so he's uh he's like he trains too so does my five-year-old and he just fought in his first little continuous tournament on the two weeks ago i guess or last weekend Uh just little, like yeah. only minute and a half rounds or whatever like that, just back and forth. Yeah, perfect. You know, no headshots or whatever. They don't do that here in Canada. I don't know why. I'm like, let them punch each other in the face so they know what's up. He got in a fight at the day home, and it's like, it's like he, he, he stopped messing with me, Dad, when I hit him with that left hook like you told me where I got to twist yeah. everything into it, and I dropped him. I was like, nah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah same, same here with my son. It's at every th- uh, one and a half minute rounds with um no headshots as well so oh, really? same, same deal oh, okay keep, keep yeah so um 
look after longevity. Do you find that the young kids, though, because they know they don't get headshots, I'm still trying to get him to keep his hands up, you know? But but, but a lot of the kids are like, well, you can't punch me in the face anyway, so I'll keep my hands here. And then he got cracked in the face by one of the girls, and he's mad. He's like, she punched me in the face. I'm like, well, because your hands are down. I punch you in the face, too. He's like, it's not allowed. I'm like, keep your hands up. Yeah. 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 Well, school doesn't get you too far anymore now anyway. I I have a university degree that I don't use. I get, I just get punched in the face. Yeah, yeah, nice. But yeah, I'd, I, I got asked. I got part. I went to eleven different schools, so um, my my education isn't too good. But but going to different schools, you learn to be able to adapt in situations, and um, I think that's why it was so easy for me to move to Thailand because it was just another new place to live. Um, so so yeah, I'd, I'm lucky to have world experience instead of education experience. Why did you have to go to so many different schools? Uh, my parents used to, they were always bettering their jobs. Uh-huh. So it, it'd be one of those ones where you come home from school and, um, oh, son, you better sit down. Uh, we're moving again. Uh, we, we'll be gone in three days. You've got, you got one day tomorrow to, to say goodbye to your friends. It's like, no, not again. And uh-huh. um, it just become a regular occurrence. It sort of sucked. Just as you'd make friends and hopefully get that girl that you're always after, then it'd be time to move again. It's like, ah, man. But Did you use that as a good care. line? Like, hey, baby, I'm out of here tomorrow, so yeah. you want to hook up? <laughs> so, yeah, and, yeah, but it's right. Um, I, I find, uh, yeah, it's, it's like I said, um, I'm like a chameleon. I can uh, adapt quite easily to any situation. Yeah. Well, that's a good. That's a good quality to have, especially moving that much and going to different. If you were going to different countries too. Yeah. Well, mainly um, uh, Thailand, but being the new kid on the block, you just learned to you learned to not say much for the first few few days. See who's who. See what the etiquette is, and then um, just go from there. And then it seems to work. It seems, I seem to make friends quite easily. So. Yeah, it's like going to prison. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> that's it that's, yeah. you make friends in a couple of days you just gotta be quiet for the first little bit there you go yeah <laughs> nice nice so without without because you don't like trash talking anybody but who do you uh, who do you see yourself fighting on the Bellator roster next or who would you like to fight uh, I'm easy I'm I've, uh, of course Petrosian's the man he's the superstar Yep. Uh, the only difference is, is my weight. I don't. I can't make seventy. I, I the last fight was at seventy three, and uh, it was so tough. Just getting seventy three was hard. So then the idea of going to seventy is impossible. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, know, I don't know if he wants to do a catch weight and meet me in the middle, but we'll see what happens. Um, and besides that, I'm happy to fight whoever they put in front of me. Um, I'm at that uh, stage in my career where um, I'm just happy to fight. It doesn't matter who. And then yeah, it's good. It's good fun. Because you fought at 73 kilos, right? So that's like 161 pounds or something like that? Yes, yes. Yeah, so there was a one, 160 and they allowed one pound because of the MMA. So, yeah, so yeah it was cool. What do you weigh now then? Uh, 82. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Big jump. Because you so, normally walk around at about 190 pounds, right? Uh, about 85. 85? So... Yeah, what's that? Uh, approximately that, yeah. Well, That's a big chunk. So yeah, and once I start training, once I'm in, in um, I get down to about 
78, and then I have to lose the last. Uh, when I was in Italy, I, I, I got off the plane 80 kilos, and then I lost seven kilos in uh, five days. Wow. Just 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 through training, and then the last uh, probably three kilos through dehydration and sauna. So well, that's it's, not bad. It's, just, it's just normal. Yeah. 128 times now, and it's just normal. I think mm-hmm. your I think it was your wife that posted something on Instagram or Facebook, like before and after picture. Oh, okay, yep. Just recently, and you looked like big, and you were sitting down, and you're eating something that was good. <laughs> yeah, and then you're eating like the salad or whatever, yeah. and you're all all jacked up. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, the soup. The soup. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then. Being in Italy and having all this beautiful food right around me, and then I'm going to restaurants ordering salad, feeling like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's and that's the worst part too. That you fly out the next day, so you didn't even get to go eat any of the good food. I I know, I know. I got to have some um, fresh gnocchi. Do uh, you know what gnocchi mm-hmm. is? No. With the oh man, that was yeah. amazing. It's like a potato pasta dish thing. It was um, unbelievable. It melted in my mouth. It was so good. Was that the first uh, thing you ate after the fight? Yeah, lots of lots of carbs. So uh, I went from uh, seventy three to eighty three in twenty four hours. So yeah, I was pretty big by the time I closed the ropes. It was it was good. Mm-hmm. Eating's fun when you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you said you're gonna fight forever, so you're never ever gonna be able to eat again. Yeah. Uh, and then why I'm dying in the sauna? It's like I'm never gonna get big. <laughs> and then as soon as I as soon as I weigh in, it's like ooh, dump 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 dump. I said, yeah, that, yeah. So, yeah. I said that the last time too. We cut a weight. I'm like, okay, I'm never doing this again. Now I'm 205. Yeah. So much trouble. I, I, I got 20, yeah, 20 pounds to lose for the fight in seven weeks. So that's not bad. But Yeah, I, I'm going to maintain. I'm going to maintain. I'm never going to let myself blow out again. <laughs> Did we tell him the weight cutting story from, Ooh, the, chips. from the bad one? I don't, that might have been after we talked to him. No. So this guy here decides he's going to eat ice cream. I love ice cream. So we had to cut 20 pounds. Ooh. Of water weight in twelve, yeah, Ooh. in, in twenty four, under twenty four hours, it was rough. Oh, really? Twenty four hours? Yeah, Damn. It was rough. But I had four other guys fighting that night, so I had to go cut weight with them, then go over to his house, throw him in the bathtub, and he he started crying. It was great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, tears his, are tears are weight too, man. That's all I was trying to get it yeah. all out. Just trying to get it all out. He cut so much weight that it smelled like death in the house. Like you walk in the house, Ooh. it smelled like somebody was dying. Ooh. Yeah. But not fighting with elbows, you'd be used to crying, wouldn't you? Now I got to fight that other guy that, that called me out in full Muay Thai, even though I told him no, I, that I don't fight that way. I, I got to get, get one in me now, just and then I can send him a video and be like, look. <laughs> It's it's totally different. It's not even that I wouldn't do it, but it's not it's not as uh, amateur here. There's tons of of Muay Thai fights, right? Like full Muay Thai, but they got the elbow pads on, so you might as well not even do it. But then then uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but they got a show here this weekend coming up here on like on Saturday, so in two more days, and it's you know there's so many full Muay Thai fights. But then as pros, there it, it doesn't happen around here. Okay, yeah, yeah I don't know. So. Yeah, the, a lot of the professional stuff I feel is in Vegas and like, and obviously in Thailand, but they yep, have lion yep. fight in Vegas. Mind you, that yep. being said, though, they'd still do this like for this fight card that I'm fighting on. They'd still do it because they're put 
they're putting a K1 fight in a cage, so it's no different. It'd be yeah. like CMT now. Get the yeah, yeah, yep. What's uh? Yeah. So your next event's coming up in August, and are you going to be on that event? Uh depending on Bellator. Okay. Uh, if Bellator is close by, I'd rather fight for Bellator. Okay. Um, but if nothing's around for a little while, I don't. I don't want to get rusty. So, and then they've given me permission to fight for other shows, as long as I um, give them permission first. Okay. Uh, get the, yeah, get there, there right away. Otherwise, um, yeah, yeah, with the doing my, my own shows, it's a fifty-fifty. Sometimes it's profitable. Sometimes you actually cost you money to fight. Yeah. Whereas Bill Tom guaranteed uh, my prize money plus the exposure as well, which all benefits the CMT as well. So let's say uh, that you like, don't fight on your card because you've main evented yep. all of your cards, right? Uh, we've done nine. I fought on seven. Okay. And the two and the two events that I didn't fight on uh, cost me uh, close to twenty grand each. Well, what's that saying? Yeah. Because well, yeah, you just didn't yeah. sell as many tickets, or what? Yeah, just just don't get the numbers. If I don't fight, we don't get the numbers. Oh wow! So I'm the I'm the draw. So <laughs> it's sort of hard not to until until my product uh, becomes its own identity. So like when UFC comes to town, they don't have to say the under, undercard or the main they just say UFC's coming and it sells out and it could be the worst card ever but they still sell out because of the brand um, hopefully I'll keep fighting on CMT until it becomes like I said its own identity so then it can rely on its own name to, to be successful I was going to ask you if there was a guy that you could bring in that could fill your spot on the card that could sell the tickets yeah it's, it's a tough one I'm very fortunate to be um, popular here in Australia so it's a tough one. It's 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 hard. And the venue that we have holds two and a half thousand. So to try and draw interest to get that many people to the the, the venue is um yeah it's and it's, it's a tough market too because we do tables. So what happens is they'll you'll do a table of ten. They get uh, a two course meal. They get a four hour drink package where they can drink all night for four hours, um, and that costs me money. That they 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 pay you the course, but um, it costs me money. So by the end of the event, by the time I've hired the venue, hired the lighting, hired the sound, paid the fighters, it's nearly a hundred thousand dollars show. So yeah. I got to make a hundred grand before I get any profit, before I before I make any prize money. Wow! So it's it's a tough gig. It's a it's hard. Has the big man uh, Mark Hunt ever expressed an interest in fighting on your show? He uh, he said it on a uh, UFC interview. But of course, being under the UFC contract, there's no way knowing that. And plus, I can't afford him anyway. Um, yeah, he, we had him in the crowd sitting ringside, and he loved it. He thought it was uh, brutal and fast and uh, violent and exciting. So he's given me the thumbs up. He loved he, lo- he loved the experience. Yeah, it seems like something so, he would actually want to do. Yeah, totally. Yeah, he. Someone asked him about what do you think of John Wayne Parr's show, and he said, "Ah, oh, it was brutal. I loved it. Um, hopefully, one day I get to experience it." But Unless he wants to get, do a freebie for me, yeah, there's no way, no one I'd be able to. He's making, I think, I think he's on like seven hundred thousand a fight now. Yeah, he's making big bucks now in the UFC. That big, big dollars. Yeah, that's crazy. That's yeah. so cool. I'm, yeah, I'm so happy for him to be um, so successful. Are you close to him? Uh, we're we're mates. If I see him yeah. on the street, I'll um, we'll sit down, and have a coffee, and have a chat. And he, before the Frank Mir fight, he actually came and trained at my gym. Um, a couple of times a week to use my cage and to to practice his wrestling with his friends. So he's a really good guy. He's really down to earth, very humble. There's no ego. What you see is what you get. Yeah. Uh, very chill. So, and yeah, he's just a good guy. And um, I've got all the time in the world for Mark. Is he still mad at Brock Lesnar? 
yeah, he's yeah, he's a. I just think he feels um, disgusted that no one rang him, no one apologised to him, no one offered him any. Uh, yeah, what's the word? Um, you got guys that are uh, a half a pound overweight and they have to pay twenty percent of their prize money to their opponent, but you can be full of steroids and then not have any justifications or uh, ramifications, I should say. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I just think he feels, um, yeah, hard done boy. Because right. Brock made like two point five million dollars, yeah. and you think they could say, all right, at least give us half. Yes, uh, at least have some sort of um, penalty for. For, for being jacked. <laughs> He's huge. And, and, and then not just once either, the Frank Mir, the Brock Lesnar, the uh, Bigfoot. Uh, there was one more. There was yeah. one more. Who else did he fight that was on the roids before the fight? I think there was one more. Was it a loss? I know they offered, uh, no, I think he won. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he won. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember yeah, who it was either. That, but... Yeah, and then... Um, was it uh, before... Ben Rothwell? I don't think he fought Ben, has he? I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't matter. Doesn't and matter. then in between in between the... Um, before he fought... Who was the last one that he fought against? Uh, who was his last fight? Shit, he mm. just fought too, didn't he? Yeah, and I thought it was weird because he's yeah. Over him, he fought over him. Over him, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so they offered him over him. Over him's another guy that's that's been busted before in the past. Yeah, and so before that, they offered him if he wanted to fight um Josh Barnett. It's like why you keep giving me all these guys that have been busted before in the past? Why I just want to fight guys that are clean that I can um I can know I can go into the cage and feel safe against. Not safe, but you know what I mean. That aren't chemically enhanced. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I believe he's got all the right in the world to, to kick up a fuss and, and to, to have a little bit of a, a say when it comes to, to, to being cheated. He's suing the UFC, as, and he's still fighting for them. I don't know if it's happening. I don't know. Oh. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's been thrown out or if it's still uh, pending or what's happening, but um, it doesn't, there doesn't seem to be much noise about it anymore, especially his last two fights. He's been given 700000 in his last two fights. That's a lot of money. Yeah. So why would you why would you shoot yourself in the foot when you can keep having a couple more fights and keep make, making um, retirement money? So well, I'm sure he's going to be living happily ever after once he decides to hang him up. So it'd be it'd be easy just to, to just to shut up, have a few more fights, make a couple more hundred uh, seven hundred thousand fights, and then um, uh, re- buy an island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, how old would Mark be now? Forty three. Uh, I believe so. I think he's 42, 43, yeah. Uh, he's got a lot so, of fight left in him. He's a tough SOB. Yeah. Yeah. And um, judging by his body type, I don't believe he's on anything either. I, I would guess no, not. I would think not. <laughs> no. <laughs> not, unless that, not unless all that beef <laughs> has steroids in it. But. He's, yeah. he's, just, he's just one hard man, that's for sure. He is. He does I, it, it, it's funny, too, because you see him get in there and you just look at him and you're like, if you didn't know him and you were just tuning in, you'd be like, oh, man, this guy's toast. And then he just beats the shit out of people. Yeah. You know, like if you've never yes. watched him before, you didn't know who, it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, he doesn't. It, it's just like, uh, what's his name? Big Country. You know, Roy right? Nelson. Like Roy Nelson, right? Yeah. Like these guys. I mean, he's not like that. He's a little bit more solid than that. But still, it's yeah. you never know, right? Well, when Mark uh, was, I was in, lucky. Oh, go ahead, John. I was lucky to be in attendance when he fought um, Bigfoot the first time here in Brisbane, and that was a five-round K1 
cardio war too. So you're looking at the Mark's body, and you think, oh, he's got to knock him out in the first, otherwise he's going to gas. But then to see him go the full five rounds at such a high intensity, um, it was such a backwards and forwards fight as well. We're up and down, and uh, their stamina was uh, um, envious. The way that they, the way they held, held, held themselves for five fives, and to, to be such a uh, taxing fight, it was a. Um, it was such an honor to be in the crowd to witness it live. It was so cool. Well, the last uh, um, Mark did a camp out at AKA in Thailand. I don't know if he does that anymore, but uh, he yeah, got in he really good shape for that fight. The, yeah, that was the the big one. That was that was a cool one. That was, I think that was the the Mark the Bigfoot one. Yeah, and then he went to to Vegas for uh, who was the next one? They fought. He went to Vegas, and then, then he trained for, at my gym and, and a couple of other gyms around the Gold Coast for the Mir fight. Yeah. So, and then, and then where did he go for the? He did a camp in Vegas as well after my gym as well. So he he chops and changes. He goes everywhere. He, I think he likes to change the scenery to make things fresh. You can do that with seven hundred grand. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's, that's a good point. A very good, very good point. Uh, maybe you'll have to switch to MMA and get the get those Mark Hunt dollars. But would I be happy? Nah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nope. <laughs> yeah. You can kick him all day long. Yeah. Yeah. Ground fighting I'll sucks. Yeah. Not my thing. Yeah, yeah, true. True. Um, yeah, I like my toy. Uh, I tried jiu-jitsu once and, it's, yeah, I like, I like standing and striking. <laughs> Put this gi on and it's heavy Ooh. and it's just ridiculous. Pajama wrestling. Pajama wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I have all the... Uh, all the respect for those guys and what oh, they yeah. do. It's such a technical thing, but um, my thing is face punching and head kicking. I, I, I think the crowd gets more of a buzz from standing two guys standing toe-to-toe and trading than they do from um, a good choke. So call me old-fashioned, but yeah, you can't beat a punch in the face. It's a, it's a little more um, that people understand what's going on. Oh, yep, a punch hit a face. Oh, cool, that guy got hurt. Yeah, but yep. They don't understand all the inner... The intertwining jujitsu stuff, and they need somebody explaining it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, but yep. It's not crowd pleasing like <laughs> like punching and kicking in the face. No. I know exactly what you mean, man. That's why we did. That, yeah. That's the weird thing that it still took off so much. Uh, you know, MMA in in general. Uh, somebody should have came around with cage muay thai way earlier. It would have been way bigger than they wouldn't even yeah. have thought because now it's in a cage and it's awesome. Mm. Yeah, well, Muay Thai's been around 2,000 years, so you think all you got to do is go to Thailand and watch two Thai stand toe-to-toe and trade with elbows. Oh, there's the elbow word again. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just uh, you, you can't not appreciate these guys just standing there and just banging it. Because uh, yeah, at Lumpini, uh, who scores most is who walk forward. So you've got two guys that are standing in the pocket not willing to take a step back because they want to win. So it's just uh, crazy. So instead of trying to step back and get out of the way, they'll just stand there and block and counter, block and counter. It's um, yeah, so so exciting. So how it never took off, I have no idea. It's just yeah, it blows my mind. <laughs> so your first day back from your fight, were you in the gym again? Uh, I taught for the first time. What's today? Friday. Friday. Yesterday was Thursday. So I got back. I arrived Monday night. Um, and then my wife let me have a, a couple of days off because my jet lag was smashed me. Mm-hmm. And plus, not sleeping on the plane very much, coming straight from the fight. So, yeah, I taught yesterday. 
Um, it's good Friday today, so um, I'll just go and train the fighters tonight. And then, yeah, sparring tomorrow. So, yeah, now I'm just back in the normal routine. Never stopping. Yeah. Did you do being, your run this a, morning? Oh, no, no. I oh. have a couple. I have a week off. But um, being a family gym, too, it's just me and my wife that teach the classes. So it's um, – and, and my, my students are awesome. I, I, I don't mind sacrificing a couple of hours a day. Uh, it's like a big play session. We, we do pads and have fun, and I tell jokes, and they – Give me courtesy laughs, so it's cool. <laughs> I haven't watched one of your videos of you telling a joke where I gave you a courtesy laugh. You got some yeah. funny, funny stories, one man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some yeah, of the some good. of the Facebook stuff is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Like the, yeah, the escalator uh, one got me good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it's very hit and miss. So uh, my uh, my theory is life is short. Yeah. So if I can if I can smile and laugh every day, I'm do, I'm achieving something. So I don't I don't want to be sad and depressed. I want to be happy and smiling. And if that can be my my thing in life, where I'm remembered as that the happy guy, I've, I've done something right. Well, I was watching some of the lead up to the fight, and they were making you do like a mean face to take uh, the pictures. I was like, well, it might be a little bit more intimidating if John Wayne Parr is smiling. Yeah. Well, when the first at the first um, face off with my opponent too, I gave him the big grin, and he, you know, I'd see him looking at me, going, "Why is this guy smiling at me?" And it's like I'm getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, it's cool. Uh, looking at a guy smiling at you and you're gonna fight him is a lot more more uh, intimidating than somebody like mean mugging you, right? It's some of these guys, you look at them, it's like, really? Like, what's your deal, you know? And then you got this guy just grinning like you are right now, ear to ear. It's like, man, yeah. I'm way more afraid to fight that guy. Yeah, he's, he's actually yeah. going to have fun. He's here to have fun. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Well, it's, it is scary yeah. to step in, the, in a ring with somebody that actually is happy to be there and not, yes. not shitting their pants on the other side and, and something like that. It's scary. Yeah, that's the plan. Uh, I, I like getting in people's heads. I, I, I like breaking you down before the bell's even rung. So, and if, if I can do that by being uh, a bit out of the box, I don't want to be that guy that gets mean mugs and tries to push your chest and goes forehead to forehead. Um, I'd rather give you a boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of want a boomerang now. I want a boomerang too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When's, when's the CMT show again? Uh, we haven't locked in the date yet, but we have to move it to August. So once we get a free date, that's not going to um, interfere with any other promotions. It's so hard here on the Gold Coast or in Queensland because there's a fight show every weekend without fail. So And then being friends with all the promoters, I don't want to step on any of my friends' toes either. We all back each other. That's the best thing about working here in Queensland is we all have a good relationship. So if I, I have a show, people will give me fighters if – they do a show, I give them my fighters, and that way the sport grows. There's no animosity, there's no rivalries. We just all want to see each other grow as a as a sport. Yeah, which cool. is important. I mean, and, and we we have that around here. A lot of the promoters. I mean, there's always that you know one or two douchebags that try to you know do everything for themselves. But you know, most of the promoters here are pretty good, right? They go back and forth and help each other out. You'll see them at each other's shows and that kind of stuff. So it's good because, yeah. it, again, it's all for the sport, right? I mean, we want to see this grow and take over boring sports like hockey and football. Oh, and no, cricket. I'm just kidding. And cricket. Yeah. And, cr- and cricket, yeah. <laughs> cricket. So, yeah. Cricket sucks. I've never watched <laughs> it. Is it boring? 
Oh yeah, it's so it's so hard to masturbate too. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> uh, it seems like it'd be a bunch of guys swinging a lot of bats around. So, uh, so so they they have a thing called a test match, and that can last anywhere up to four to five days. Oh, kick rocks! Mm-hmm. I'm not watching uh, that. Oh yeah, so yeah, it just sucks. It's so shit. Yeah, so what anyway. do they do for four or five days? Like it's twenty four hours a day for four or five days. So, so you have two guys batting. So one guy will bat, and after he hits the ball, they run backwards and forwards until like they, they catch the ball, and then um, they have to keep bowling until that one tides out. Once they, that side's out, the other team comes in, and then do that again until they're, they're out. Then they go again. So it's two turns each. Good lord. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Not this guy. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it sucks. And then, and then, ah, oh, I don't even want to talk about it. So, <laughs> it sounds yeah, worse it's, than it's, baseball. But uh, in when it's winter time, we have a uh, a couple of different versions of football. We have rugby league and, and AFL, and they're exciting. They're good. It's just summertime. Summertime's um, yeah, cricket comes on. Yeah, they play and it on the what... on the TV here sometimes on TSN. I've watched it. Oh, okay, yep. It's it's fun to watch. Actually, people get fucked up. Oh, and the, the football, and, and yeah, the, uh, Aussie football, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, uh, both uh, rugby league's brutal as well. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, rugby's rugby's yeah. rugby's another one of them man sports. I think. Yeah. That's a tough so we sport. have that's a crazy sport. We have rug, rugby league, rugby union, and AFL. So between the three, yeah, it's it's, it's quite popular. And and soccer's getting um quite popular now here in Australia also. So. Okay. So yeah, those are your main good. sports then: soccer, rugby. Ah, uh, uh, rug, rugby and AFL. Okay. AFL AFL is probably the the leader. And then rugby uh, leagues a close second. Okay. So, but yeah, they're good. They're fun. I feel like the town shuts down with those Kiwis would come over to play rugby though. Uh, uh, there's a there's a game called State of Origin. So it's it's Queensland, which is where I live in my state, versus New South Wales, Sydney. Okay. And when that they 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 do this thing where they play each other three times a year, and that's when the 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 Australia shuts down. That's that's the cool ones. It's like the the, um, uh, yeah, it's uh, yes, yeah, the best. It's the best. It's, a, it's state versus state, mate versus mate. And then, um, <laughs> it, it, even if it's uh, two guys on the same tight side that usually play each other, yeah. when they go on each other's the, on the opposite teams, and then they, it's just all out warfare. It's um, they play the for carnage. It's crazy. It's cool. <laughs> Well, John, we'll let you go hang out with your family on Good Friday. I feel like it's hey. early in the morning there. Yeah. Uh, what time is it? Uh, nearly 9 o'clock, 9 a.m. almost. Well, so, judging yeah, by okay. Facebook, you've been up for like the whole day, though. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, got jet lag, so, so I was up at 4 this morning. Yeah. So, so it's okay. I'm an early riser. Wow. So, uh, we'll let you go uh, hang out with your family. We really appreciate you coming on episode 50. Of course, yeah. And... Uh, your fight was amazing, and we hope to see you back in the in the ring soon. Hey, thank you very much, uh, and again, thank you for the opportunity to be on on, on your fiftieth show. That's uh, that's I'm very honoured if that if if you will. Well, we'll be calling you for one hundred too. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so there you go. If we if we keep this pace up, I think that's only like five more months. So yeah. we'll be good. You'll, you'll have another fight for Bellator. We'll be able to talk about. It. It'll be perfect. Yeah. You'll be able to show me your first scar by then too. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. I have some, just not from an elbow. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Ooh, ooh. I'll get I'll get one in there. One of these days I'll get one in there. 
Thanks yeah. a lot, John. Thank you, gentlemen. Sweaty cup. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast again today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, today's podcast was brought to you by Audible.com. So if you guys head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash spice, you get uh, yourself a free ebook credit as well as a 30-day free trial of audible.com. Download anything. They got all sorts of books, fiction, fact, everything. 180,000 different selections of book titles. They're releasing new titles every month. So check them out and have a book from us. Shoot us a call and let us know what book you downloaded. We're also brought to you by Dragon Mist. So if you guys go to www.wickeddragonmist.com and enter the promo code MISSSPICE, you'll have a 30% discount. Or you can visit them in their three retail locations, Bower Mall in Red Deer, Alberta, the West Edmonton Mall, and the Kingsway Mall in Edmonton, Alberta. And we're brought to you by Wicked Alternative Body Fashion. So if you guys go to www.wickedbodyjewelry.ca, use the promo code WICKEDSPICE, you'll save 30% on your purchase there. Or you can visit them in their three retail locations in the Bower Mall, the West Edmonton Mall, and the Kingsway Mall in Edmonton, Alberta. We're also brought to you by Balanced Nutrition, food prep made easy. So head on over to Balanced Nutrition on Facebook and uh, enter the promo code SPICE10. Receive 10% off uh, 10 meals or more and uh, check them out. Have some easy made cooking. That's Balanced Nutrition, meal prep made easy.